Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Tonight on Wrestling Authority Radio, we will be joined by Memphis wrestling legend, superstar Bill Dundee, and the king, the one and only Kenny the Starmaker Bolin. I am Citizen Sean David, along with my co-host this evening, as every the dean of wrestling ref, the dean of wrestling referee Steve Kane. And the reason why this show could never be a bag of dicks, Keanu Katie. Ladies and gentlemen, without any further ado, the superstar has entered the building. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Superstar, Bill Dundee. Yay. Hi, boys and girls. How are you doing? <laughs> We're doing good, Mr. Dundee. How are you? Doing all right. I thought the Lord was on there. Who the hell is the king? Somebody said the king's coming. <laughs> I know somebody I never heard of. Who the hell is that? Teddy Bowling. <laughs> Kenny Bowling, oh my God! Kenny, Uncle Kenny. <laughs> Bill, he just grew up one day and said, "I'm the king." Put a fake crown on his head and called himself the king. Right? Is that how he had it? Uh, Never mind. Uh, 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 well, Steve, I am going to let you take it away because, unlike uh, Katie and myself, Katie was old enough to remember Bill in his glory days. I wasn't alive during that time, uh, so oh, I've I've watched I've watched the footage, but uh, I think you'll do it the most justice in uh, talking to Bill about his early days and coming here to the United States. All right, well that sounds that sounds good. So, uh, well we'll start out now, Bill. Um, yeah, although although of course everybody says you know the Australian superstar Bill Dundee, you were actually born in Scotland. 
as I as I yeah. as I have read it. So yeah, I mean, um, Lance Russell was the kind of the one that did the Australian thing, and I just well, there's no sense. He says from Australia because that's where we came from. Me and Barnes in 1975. We, I was living in Australia, and we came here, me and George, as a tag team. So he just kept saying the Australians, and people would say, oh, you're from Australia. And I said, no, I'm, and I was tired of answering that question, so I just said, yeah, so I'm from Australia, but I was born in Scotland. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Right excellent, excellent. I'm, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm Scottish myself, so I uh, definitely I'm, I've got, appreciate I've got that. I'm mostly Irish, but my grandfather's Scottish. <laughs> You're mostly yeah. Irish. That's all the whiskey you drank, right? Uh, <laughs> honey, I'll tell you, I, my, I can maybe drink six Ryan ginger ales and then I'm done. That's it. I'm like, wait. I'm, I'm, I'm five foot one and a half, 125 pounds, man. I can't drink all that anymore. Drink beer. Yeah. <laughs> no beer for this girl. Uh. Ah, nothing wrong. Nothing wrong with a good beer, eh, Bill? <laughs> no, sir. Foster's Lager, all the way. Oh, there you go. There you go. I've drank that. I've drank that. It was okay. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Okay. So why don't you why don't you tell us? We always we always like to actually get into the you know story behind the story. Um, you know, talk talk to us about uh, about growing up. What. Uh, Sports you watched, what sports you may have uh, participated in in school, and uh, then uh, we'll uh, take it to the uh, to the next step there. Well, like like I said, I grew up in Scotland, and the number one sport over there is soccer. I mean, that, that's the number sport. That's number one sport in the world. Soccer doesn't get the the, the accolades that you get, oh, but every country that. in the world plays soccer. I don't know about that. I'm going to have to, uh, yeah, every country in the world also plays hockey. Oh, that's a woman's sport. Who the hell plays hockey? Oh, oh, Canadians, we gave you hockey. Oh, I hear you. Yeah, and you do it on the ice and everything. Yeah, I hear you. That's right. We fight (laughs) on the ice, too. You try fighting on the ice. Oh, yeah, I know. I watched it. (laughs) Yeah. You go round and round Uh, and round. Char Dundee. Yeah. I hear you knocking, but you can't come in. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Mm-hmm. I have known Bill Dundee uh, slightly since 19 – God, I met Jerry Lawler in 70, 74. So, Bill, you can't – Well, we won't tell nobody years. about that. <laughs> I've, already, I've already told everybody. Here you are. Here you're Yeah, he's in 73, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah. He started. Well, he actually his first match was against Tojo Yamamoto in 1972, and my mm-hmm. first match I ever managed was in Birmingham, Alabama, managing Tojo in 1987. So 15 years later. Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. But Bill and so, I for never, those of ever you had who a... don't recognize this voice. None other than oh, our my. good friend Kenny, is star maker Bolin. Uh, the amazing Kenny, thing the star maker bowling. Okay, how many the stars star has he made? The star, well, do, do you care to hear the list? <laughs> yeah, I'd like to hear I the do. list. First of all, we'll start off with John Cena. I trained and developed John Cena right here in Louisville, Kentucky, and I don't want to hear Jimmy Cornett taking uh, credit for it. I created and developed the world's strongest man, Mark Henry, uh, Dolph Ziggler, who is still currently in the WWE, Maurice 
the Miz, who are married to each other now. They hated each other when they were here in Louisville. Uh, mm-hmm. We've got Mickey James. I mean, countless superstars, Bill. Just not countless. You. I didn't get hooked when up I with came you. to Louisville. None of them people were freaking around. We <laughs> <laughs> used to come were. every Tuesday night to Louisville and then go over to Evansville, Indiana, on a Wednesday. Then sometimes we would go up to Lexington, Kentucky, on a Thursday. Back to Absolutely. Nashville and Tupelo and Jonesboro for the weekend and the Memphis TV Saturday morning. Yeah, me and uh, Cornette made uh, many of those trips, especially Rough Arena, especially Louisville, especially Evansville, uh, occasionally Memphis. I remember I went down there for Lawler Bockwinkle uh, when uh, Bockwinkle was managed by the late, great Bobby Heenan. And uh, mm-hmm. the amazing thing is, guys, is I've known Bill Dundee since he first came to the territory. Never really got to talk with him because I was always friends with Lawler. And Jimmy was a photographer and was always very close to Bill Dundee. So Jimmy had real good connection with Bill. I had real good connection with Jerry. But Bill and I never got to work with each other, never worked against each other, like Jerry and I did for, hell, 10 or 15 years, I guess. But I never, ever once rooted for Bill. I was always sitting in the front row. Whether Jerry was the face or the heel, I always rooted for Jerry against Bill because Jerry would get pissed if I didn't. So I never, <laughs> oh, yeah. ever, really got to root. I never ever really got to root for Bill Dundee. <laughs> but I do well, know he made know. it. He, he, he made it to despite you not rooting for me. Bill Dundee made it in the wrestling business. <laughs> <laughs> well, I must, I must tell you, it is an absolute honor to be on here with you, Bill, uh, because. I have admired your career since the day you got here back. As a matter of fact, I'm going to do – this is going to be a lousy impersonation, but I'm going to do it. You remember the days okay. of Big Bad John? You remember the days of Big yeah. Bad John, Bill? I sure Big do. Big Bad John. Big Bad John, I remember in 76, he did a promo. He says, Superstar. Superstar Billy Dundee. You know what they call him. They call him Beat Freak. They call him Beat Freak. You know why they call him Beat Freak, Lance Russell? Because Billy Dundee loved to get whooped. He just loved to get whooped. And that's Big John, uh, all right. Big Bad John and the Superstar were one hell of a tag team back in the 70s. And I tell you what, I don't mean to criticize. I'm not going to say that Big Bad John was the greatest wrestler that ever lived, but was there anybody <laughs> that could get an arena hopping like Big Bad John? No, I mean, his, his promos were unbelievable. And that's what it was all about back then. If you couldn't talk, they never wanted to use you. So that's why Bill, people got Bill mad. Is, just the, the... Yeah, yeah, that, that, that went away, didn't it? Uh, Billy, yeah. I'm going to do one more impersonation for you. And people cannot believe that me and Cornette remember this promo word for word, and this was when you and he were tag team, and it was, uh, Lawler was a heel, and I think you and, uh, you and Big Bad were taking on Jerry, and I forget who the partner was, but might have even been Sam Bass, <clears throat> but the promo goes, yeah. and this is, this is Big John talking, face to face, we faced each other, poked out our bellies and run at each other, when the crash came, and the dust went still. Tiny Fraser, the big man, was killed. Upon the stones written were these words. And in the casket below, <laughs> Jerry Lawler lurked. And the headstone was made out of Sam Bass. 
<laughs> Sam Bass is the headstone, and you hear me what I'm telling you, Billy. You hear me what I'm telling you. And that was the gist of the promo, and I never forgot it to this day. We didn't have videotape back then. I only saw it once, but I used to audio record all the good promos. And yeah. that one just stuck with me. And so, yeah. Well, he you, was one of the best. I mean, nobody big, talked bad in Big Bad John, not with his gimmick, because he couldn't work a lick. <laughs> no, he did not. I knew. No, he couldn't. That's why they put me with him. We'd go an hour t- tag team, and he was being standing on the apron for 55 minutes and come in for the finish. <laughs> I, let, let, me, let, me, let me guess, Bill. Was Big John the invention of the hot tag? <laughs> well, we, we used it a lot with him. I wouldn't say invented it, but that was. Uh... He certainly perfected it. <laughs> yes, he did. But no. But no, it, so I, I do remember the match now. It was Big Bad John and Bill Dundee against Jerry Lawler and Plowboy Frazier, who Jerry yeah. made out to be a complete stooge. He had Frazier uh, pumping the gas and buy, and it would feed him hamburger steaks. When Lawler, you remember when Jerry Jerry exposed the the the, the fake rings that Lawler had given? Yeah. He took a hammer and broke the rings on television, and yeah, Frazier broke started the crying on yeah. TV. Oh my God! Oh, yeah. That was one of the greatest segments I had ever seen. It was great. No, the the, the days of Big John and Frazier and you and Lawler were just yeah. great. And Sam Bass. Jerry Jarrett didn't Sam. get near as much accolades as he should have got. He was at the time he was doing his thing. He was as smart as anybody in the business. Well, the, the and, angles and, that and, we came up with on Memphis TV was unbelievable. Bill, if I remember the story correctly, when they thought Vince McMahon was going to go to jail, it was Jerry Jarrett that Vince handpicked to run the WWE for him, and the only reason he didn't is because Vince ended up not going to jail. Well, ain't that a fucking shame? <laughs> All right, is Bill, is Bill gonna out? Is Bill gonna out cuss me tonight? Because I know in '76 he get out cuss me. I do remember that. <laughs> oh Lord! Uh, now Bill, Bill, Bill came to OVW several times uh, to help out. You know, he came to help out Danny Davis and Jim Cornette, and man, it, it was just such a thrill to have Bill around there. And of course, Jerry came in quite a few times and. Uh, but I'm disappointed. I, I would have loved to have managed Jerry against Bill just one time, and I never, ever got to do that. But I'm sure Cornette did it about a million times, didn't he? <laughs> oh, yeah, Jimmy. We we started, Jimmy. Well, well, that's another long story. It would take a little more oh, than an hour to, to, to tell that story when Cornette oh, got man, in the I, business. I, I remember every word of it, and I remember the boys, if I remember Bill, I think you were one of the few that really liked him. There was a lot of the boys didn't care too much for Jimmy. <laughs> well, here's the thing with Cornette. You could look at him and tell there's money in him if he's in the right spot. And the right spot oh, is yeah. pissing people off and getting people mad at him because he did that in real life. <laughs> so you just uh, turned him loose. I mean, it, was, it wasn't hard to get heat on Cornette. <laughs> As a matter of fact, Jerry Jarrett told me the reason he hired him, he says, Kenny, I figured if he can get half the heat in front of the crowd that he gets backstage, he's going to be a huge success. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He, that, that, that's a true story. I mean, that, that is uh-huh. right. So this is another story Jarrett tells. He didn't doesn't tell it to many people, but I was there when he said it, and he said it to me. All right. That son All of a right. bitch. I, and he's going on with this and that and that. He says, let's get as much heat on him as we can, and maybe the fans will kill him. 
Jay, that's a little, little hard, and it is. No, he said, I can't stand that SOB. <laughs> well, I tell now, you I don't know I if he was you. working me when he did it back then, or he said it, or if he meant it, or what. But anyway, well, he, he, Cornette, he, he's he, almost, he, well, he's almost told me the same thing, but see, Jimmy did everything he could to keep me out of Memphis wrestling. He told me when he got in, he was going to pave the way for he and I both to be there. Well, seven years go by, Bill, and I'm still not there. So when Jerry Jarrett finally moderated the first debate between me and Jimmy, Jarrett calls me after the debate. He says, Kenny, where the hell have you been all these years? He says, how did I not know about you? I said, I begged Jimmy to introduce me to you. I begged to get in Memphis. He said, man, I should have him assassinated. I said, why is that? He said, can you imagine the money he cost me with you and two on with you two on Memphis television, and maybe uh, you picking uh, Lawler and him picking Bill or somebody to ma- oh my God, the money that could have been made. I said I know. I said he cost me a shitload of money. <laughs> <laughs> well, I never had your name until you know recently. I mean, if you've been around all them years, no, Cornette never put you over to nobody. Yeah, trust me, I found out. Oh, he would he would tell stories, but he would never tell them that I could talk and that I could manage and and all that nonsense. As a matter of fact, I heard he buried me to Bischoff, he buried me to Vince, he, he buried me to everybody. Uh, oh, Kenny, Kenny, Kenny thinks well, it's a shoot. Kenny thinks it's a shoot. Kenny won't put anybody over. Kenny thinks he's a tough guy. I mean, I heard all this shit after I got in. And there ain't nobody did more jobs in Ohio Valley wrestling, managing and wrestling, than me. I didn't care. As long as I got a paycheck, I didn't give a shit. That was the way I was, too. I did this for money, not for glory. (laughs) Now, if a little glory went with it, that's all right. Been a little few girls here and there. That was back in the good old days. That was okay, too. Mostly, I did it for a paycheck. Bill Dundee, that is exactly why I'm in, on this show is to call you out. And if you're going to try and swerve these people into thinking that you only met a few little girls back in those days, <laughs> I'm going to call you out. Not, 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 not little girls, big ladies. Yeah, big, big ladies. ladies. That's what they were. Jerry Lawler. I hear you. We're not getting into none of that now. The Lawler or Dundee or <laughs> whoever. Guys, I got to tell you a story. I was at the Jackson show uh, several years ago when me and Cornette rode in this shitty limo provided by a shitty oh my attorney. God. Yeah, you probably heard oh, yeah. stories on one of the podcasts. It was the world's shittiest limo, and Dundee and Lawler both called us out on it. They wanted to know who the hell parked that hunk of shit in the parking lot. They were bringing the value down. Oh it was God. that bad. <laughs> yeah, it was that bad. Now you brought that back, I remember that car. <laughs> it was a bad limo. I was I was embarrassed to be seen in it, and I got less pride than Cornette's got, and I was embarrassed to be seen in it. So me, me, me and Bill, go ahead. Me, me and Bill and Cornette and Lance Russell and Dave Brown are sitting towards the back of the arena, and we're watching the promo between Terry Funk and Jerry Lawler. Now we got a couple of men. Uh, Funk was in his seventies. Lawler was well into his sixties. So we got about 135 years old with a man in the ring that are just putting on the best damn promo you ever heard. But Terry Funk, and Bill is sitting damn three feet from me when Terry says this. Terry Funk looks at Lawler and says, Jerry Lawler, you're nothing but a damn pervert. And Dundee spit takes 
Whatever Bill's drinking, he spits out of his mouth. He looks over at me. He says, God damn it, it's a <laughs> Oh, well, you know I who thought... Terry was. <laughs> I thought that was the funniest damn thing I'd ever seen. Bill just looked me dead. Yeah, God damn it, it's a <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and it was. <laughs> so, well, we're not getting into that. I don't know. Like, Nobody knows for sure. So you, that you was know allegedly. That... Now, all we have to use the word in, allegedly. All, all of a sudden, Bill Dundee has turned into Schultz from, from Hogan's Heroes. He knows nothing. He knows nothing. <laughs> yeah, but I know nothing. That was Hogan's Heroes, wasn't it? That, that was Hogan's Heroes. I remember yeah. all the old shows. I don't know what the hell was on I hear you. Night, I, I watch TV today and don't know a soul on it. <laughs> there's nobody to know. Uh, my favorite current show right now is Walking Dead. What do you think of Walking Dead, Bill? Oh, I love it. Well, I've heard of it, and I've kind of tuned over it, but I've never really watched it. So, I mean, what's oh. it about? Uh, well, The Walking Dead. <laughs> the, the, but you don't fear the dead as much as you do the people that are alive. You know, the, I the, hear something you. has I happened. Hear you. So, it's kind of like today. Something has happened that's making uh, the dead rise. We still, to this day, after 10 seasons, don't know what it is. But it's not the dead that is so much the problem. It's who's alive and wants your food and property. Kind of like the dead. (laughs) Kind of like like the wrestling business. (laughs) Oh, my God. Definitely. Back in the good old days, the promoters did all that. Bill, do you have much contact with now? Cornette and I haven't spoken over three years. It's over my friendship with Vince Russo. Jimmy wanted me to pick friends, and I wasn't going to do that uh, out of pride, and and I just don't do that. I mean, I don't care who you hate, who you like. I choose you as a friend because of who you are, not because of who you're friends with. But Jimmy wanted me to pick, and I wouldn't do it, so we haven't spoken over three years. But do you and Jimmy still have much contact these days? Well, occasionally you'll call up, and I'll call him up and talk to him. But, you know, there's no wrestling business like there was. You said we're not going to the same like we did and all of that. So that was the... Yeah. Not much to talk about these days, is there, when it comes to wrestling? I hear you, you know. Yeah, it's disappointing to me, too. You know the story he was, how he got in the wrestling business? I probably know what he's told me. He was my best friend for 43 years, but let me hear your version of it. Well, you give me what he told you. Well, he told me that Jerry, because as you know, he was the photographer, and he used to take all the pictures back right. there. And he made an average of about $90 a week, and that was big money for a 16-year-old kid in Louisville, Kentucky in 1974, 75. And uh, I remember him, hell, some weeks he'd make a damn thousand dollars selling pictures and selling pictures to all you guys to sell at the picture table. But he told me one day, uh, I, used, I used to not have a telephone, and I used to have to go down to the corner to call him on from a telephone booth. So I called him one day, and he said, Kenny, you're not going to believe it. I said, what happened? He says, Jerry Jarrett called me back and wanted to have a meeting with me. I said, what did you do now? Because Jarrett was always, him and Mr. Jarrett both were always getting in his shit for doing something stupid. He says, no, no, you ain't, you ain't going to believe it. He says, Jerry, Jerry Jarrett called me back, and he wants me to start managing. I said, really? I said, that's amazing. I said, now, have you mentioned me to him? Have you mentioned that, I, that I'm 212 and 0 at Oldham County High? I'd like to wrestle and have you manage me? Kenny, let me get in for about a year. I'm going to lay the groundwork, and I'm going to pull you in with me. 
and we're going to be the greatest things ever in Memphis. I said, well, I don't know about that, but I'd certainly like a shot at it. So seven years later, I hadn't heard a peep from anybody. And actually how I got to wrestling business, Bill, I was making a return at service merchandise. I was returning a Dolby surround sound receiver that I didn't like. And in the line was Nick Gulas. And I turned around, I see Nick Gulas standing about four people behind me. And I went back, I said, Mr. Gulas? He said, yes, sir. He said, I said, my name is Kenny Bowen. I said, I'm dear friends with Jim Cornette and Jerry Lawler. How you doing? Oh, my God. He says, Kenny, did you know I'm getting ready to start a wrestling company here in Nashville? I said, no, I did not. Well, I tell you what, Kenny, you, you look a little bit like Jerry Lawler, and I'm going to make you the next Jerry Lawler. I said, well, I have no desire to be that. We already have a Jerry Lawler, but if I can help, you know, if I can commentate or announce or manage or whatever I can do, I'd like to do that. So we did that for a little while. I think it was called World Organization Wrestling. But if it weren't for Nick Goulish, I'd have never gotten into wrestling business. Jimmy didn't put in a good word for me. Lawler never put in a good word for me. Bill didn't know me, so I had no help. <laughs> so... If it weren't for Nick well, why Gulas, didn't you just buy a ticket, I, come to Louisville Gardens, and come and find me? Well, I <laughs> never bought a ticket at the Louisville Gardens because Jimmy always got me in free with his mother's ticket. And uh, I never dreamed you would help me. I figured if anybody would, it would be Cornette and Waller because you you didn't know me. So I never dreamed you'd help me. Uh, you uh, or you I must have had a bad ticket. idea, Bill Dundee. I was the nicest one out of that three. Oh, tell I've helped a lot of people in this business. Well, let's put it this way. I'm on the phone talking to you now. Jerry Lawler don't speak to me because he knows I hate Donald Trump. So if you like Donald Trump, I hope you don't turn on me. But no, Jerry I don't, don't I'm not me. into politics. Politics is like the wrestling business. Bullshit. Ain't it now? Uh, very <laughs> similar. The, the he, heels and faces. You're Democrats and you're Republicans. Yeah, right. I mean, the, that, the whole world is that. I mean, the, people are starting to kind of talk like that. I realize that now. The whole world yeah. is that. Your mother and father's like that. When they get mad at you, your dad may whoop your ass one day, and your mama says, oh, don't spank him no more. Yeah, right. One's the baby <laughs> face, one's the heel. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mama turned baby face, tried to make the run in. I hear you. Exactly. So, how did Jimmy? Uh, what's what's the true story on how Jimmy got in? Like I, I told you, when Jared said, "See, Jimmy's mother and Jerry's mother were big, big buddies." At, Absolutely, at, uh, yeah. Guard. Jimmy's mother was Jimmy's mother was a saint, by the way. Jimmy and I don't yeah. speak anymore, but I loved his mother to death and was a, a saint. No, I, I just knew her because she hung around Christine, and I know how Christine Absolutely. Jared was, so that was the same type. Absolutely. Yeah. So that, that's much. when Jarrett kind of brought over. He said, we'll get him in the wrestling business. We'll put so much heat on him, and maybe the fans will kill him. That's a true story, and that's how he got in. I'll be damned. Well, I know Jerry told, me that, Jerry told me that he was very hated by the boys, and he said that Stan Lane and Steve Kern nearly beat the shit out of him in Memphis one night as a shoot, that Jimmy didn't know it was coming. And I saw the film of it, and it looked rough. I didn't want none of it. I said, yeah, I could, I could have done a, done without that. Uh, Bill, how how did you uh, interact with Jimmy Hart during those days? How did you and Hart get along? Oh, Hart was a good guy. Hart just says what he thinks you want to hear. Uh huh. I like Jimmy. I know people mm-hmm. like that. I you know what I mean. So I mean, he Bill. he doesn't want no problems with nobody. So he just. And, and there's nothing wrong with that if that's how you live your life. And Jimmy lived his if life like that. You, you know life. what I mean? I don't yeah. think Bill and I lived our life that way. I know I didn't. <laughs> oh, no, I, I drank away too a... much back in the good old days. 
I, I remember that me and Jerry would go to McDonald's and the little grocery store and and uh, on Arthur Street. You would right, go to the liquor store, maybe maybe you and Tommy Rich or, or Kern and Lane or whoever was with you, and me and Jerry would go to McDonald's and get a Big Red and a Big Mac. Because uh, right. Jerry, to this day, to my knowledge, has never touched alcohol in his life. Has he? No, he doesn't drink. He, we did a tape. There's a tape of him somewhere drinking. We tried to go on the on the tape, and he said, "Why would people like this?" And he drinks the beer or tries to. <laughs> you could. So anyway, we just did that just for fun. But yeah, I don't know of him drinking anything. No, he he wouldn't even drink a beer with Steve Austin. I watched him on Raw one night, and every time the camera got on him, Jerry poured his beer out and tried to make Steve think he had drink it. Uh, even I, I don't drink either, but even I drank a beer with damn Stone Cold Steve Austin. I drank one. Oh, hell yeah. I bought him, I, I bought him the beer. Hell, I'll drink a beer with Steve Austin. <laughs> and uh, some of the amazing stories, Bill, is how many guys that came through Memphis that went on to be damn millionaires, like The Undertaker and Steve Austin and 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 uh, Hulk Hogan and and uh, Sting and, and Brutus Beefcake, these guys come through Memphis, may be lucky to make $300 a week, and went on to be goddamn millionaires. Well, that was just how it changed. Look at the movie business. Movie stars are all different to back into what they get. They get $10 million a picture now, lucky to go 100 grand back in the good old days. Oh yeah, and it's, everything has just changed. Just, well, you know, I, I and, think and, and then the business went to big guys. If you wasn't six foot tall or bad, nobody wanted to use you. Yeah, I think somebody told me that The Rock uh, is the highest paid movie star in the business now, yeah. and that Cena made and John Cena made close to forty million between WWE commercials and movies and everything last year. Oh so. yeah, they've all. Money, but when you go, when you get to that stage in your life, and you get a, a manager, that that's what makes it all better. Yeah, well, absolutely. And as you notice, you don't see Cena doing a whole lot of wrestling these days. And hell, I don't know. No. Even if, if I didn't, if I didn't have to take that damn many bumps every day. And he night, wasn't very good at it either. I mean, he, he he was fair, but he wasn't great. He wasn't Jerry Lawler. And he, and he admits that he, he was he was he was slightly better than Kevin Nash, maybe. Like and me. I managed him, and I'm saying that. <laughs> no, there were no well, Lawlers and Dundees, but anyway. No, they were not, without a doubt. So, Cornette, when I did Cornette to, to Louisiana, that's when Jimmy got to be Jimmy Cornette in the wrestling business far safe. Did you, did you know that I'm the one that moved Jimmy there? I, I, I rented the van and moved his ass there, and you still didn't know me. <laughs> no, and he, he never told anybody that story. He just showed up, but, uh, but nobody really cared back in them days. He just said, "Cornette, I need you in Louisiana on such and such yeah. a day. We're going to make TV in Shreveport. Be in Shreveport at ten o'clock in the morning on Tuesday." You know, so you just gave him the date, and didn't matter how he got there. Well, now, I'm going to mention a name. Of, I'm going to mention a name of somebody you might know fairly well. Beautiful Bobby Eaton. You kind of know that guy, right? <laughs> just a little. <laughs> Bobby Eaton told me that, that Louisiana ruined Cornette. I moved him to Alexandria. I don't know if he lived in any other cities other than there, but I moved him to Alexandria. Yeah, we all and lived Bobby in Alexandria. Told, did you really? Okay. Well, Bobby told me. Everybody lived there. The whole Alexandria, crew lived there. I didn't realize all of you lived there. I had no clue. 
But uh, yeah. Bobby told me that uh, Alexandria ruined Cornette because everyone threatened to kill him. <laughs> now, no, uh, we don't, well, he don't I mean, here, here's the thing. I worked with Jimmy seven days a week in Louisiana, and Louisiana was a badass territory for the marks wanting to fight you. Oh, yeah. And it it never really – he was no different than, than anybody else, but he had Dennis Condry and Bobby Eaton walking in front of him. That'll help. That'll help. Look bad. You know what I mean? Right. I never That's had no Bobby. I, I never had Bobby or Dennis walk in front of me. He walked behind me. Hoping uh, I'd get my ass whipped. So, uh, you know, it's now, just, uh, now Cornette, uh Speaking of Cornette, Cornette says that you learned oh, a lot wow, of your booking talk? style um, from Jimmy, uh, from Jerry Jarrett. Is that true, or did He's you exactly right? Wow. He's what a, was that? Yeah, exactly I, I, right. Jerry Jarrett to me was the smartest guy in the wrestling business when me and George Barnes got here in 1975. Yeah, I remember. He that. didn't care how big you was. He didn't care how small you was. I mean, he just if you could work, he'd give you a chance, or, or I wouldn't be in the business today with you know all the big guys running around saying, "Oh, he's too small." But anyway, he he knew what to do with you, and he and was very good at what he did. Bill, if you'll remember, WWF back then was all the big damn dinosaurs. I mean, it was just all right. big guys, and most most of them not really able to work that well. And psychology oh. seemed to be next to nothing up north. You guys had all the psychology. Right. Well, here's the thing. And if you don't look at it this way, you can't get the psychology right. It was real to me, and I was trying to convince everybody else that it was real. Exactly. And that's what we did back in the good old days. I mean, you know what I mean? They do Someone some asked me that. And- I, I had I had some people not long ago ask me why, and, and I'm not trying to put myself over compared to Bill Dundee, trust me. But I had people ask me why I was so good at what I do, and I said, I'll tell you why. I believe every word that comes out of my mouth. And if you believe the story you're telling, the fans will believe it. And Jerry Jarrett once asked me, Bill, you don't know this, but Jerry Jarrett was thinking of starting a wrestling promotion back in the late 90s, early 2000s. He called me up and asked me if I would do a Joker gimmick. He wanted me to wear the makeup, be in a wheelchair, but be a, a Joker in a wheelchair. I said, Jerry, I said, buddy, I just don't think I could do that. I said, I don't feel that character. I don't think I could do it. He says, let me tell you something. He says, I'm going to tell you why it wouldn't work. He says, number one, I think you can do it. Number two, you won't do it because you've already convinced yourself you can't. And he says, you're the only person who has ever turned me down from a job in my, in my life. I said, really? I said, well, I, I'm not going to take the job because I don't want to disappoint you. And I think that if I tried to be the joker, I would disappoint you. He says, well, I think you can do it, but now that you convinced yourself you can't, you won't be able to do it. And that's what Jarrett told yeah, me. I can hear him say like, that. Yeah, he sure did. He sure did. And, uh, but no, that, that's the story. Is that Because Waller, Waller could tell a story, and I don't know how bad you two hated each other. I know there was some heat. But I was convinced you two just freaking despised each other. And, no, uh, no. Whether, that was whether the match. Really? 
he, we never lived lives different. He never drank. He never went to bars. He didn't do the things I did. So we, why right. would you hang around with a guy like that? Well, you, exactly. We get done exactly. wrestling. We go at the bar. He went to the hamburger joint and went home or wherever the hell he went. So we had nothing in common yeah. once we got away from the ring. But we certainly was good with one another in the ring. Well, well, let me tell you what I heard. You can tell me how much of it's true. I know we're not letting the host talk much, but why not when you got Starmaker Bowling and Bill Dundee talking? Who the hell needs the host? Exactly. Why do we even yeah, need to there be there? Have fun. I don't know. Why, why the hell are y'all still there is what I want to know. But tell me this. I heard. I can, I heard you know what? I can leave. It's not a big deal. <laughs> no, don't you I leave, darling. We need a woman's choice. <laughs> need a woman around. I, I haven't. I haven't even. I'm not allowed to speak. Why be here? Oh, well. I hear you. Just, just mute it up and you'll be fine. The, uh, what I was told is that the heat came when you and Jerry were both baby faces, and Jerry was jealous that you got – well, never mind. I'm, I really shouldn't go any further. Jerry was jealous of you. We'll leave it at that. That was the rumor. Right. All right. I mean, you can, we can say all them things, but we really don't know if it's true. And like I said, the, the lifestyles were different. I went to the gym and worked out. Yeah. I did this. I went to the bars. I drank beer and whatever else it was going sometimes. And he didn't do none of that. So what, yeah. what did we have in common away from the ring? Nothing. Exactly. But, yeah, the, the rumor so was. So that was that more Jerry or less why we didn't hang around together. Yeah. The, the rumor was is that Jerry was extremely jealous of how – much more over as a baby face you were than him. That was well, I was cuter than him. Well, that, that's kind of hard to deny, Bill. <laughs> yeah. And, so I mean, and, that, but, that, but, that, now, now, what did you think when Jerry actually tried to dress like you a little bit when he started wearing the jumpsuits and doing the singing and thought he was Elvis and everything? What did you uh, think of that? That, that, that never bothered me. Never gave. I mean, look at Wayne Ferris, the honky tonk man. <laughs> Now, Where do you think he got that from? Here, here is the thing well, here. This is this is I this know is where a true he got story. it from. <laughs> I know too. This is a true story, and I've never really told it to nobody. In the thing, Vince well, talked to me. Go. Right, Vince t- talked to me about doing the deal, blah blah blah, with the suit. But I was really too small for Vince. Yeah, and I the Undertaker didn't like me back then, anyway. So I don't know why, but he didn't, and he still well, don't. Why the don't hell suppose did Taker, Why the hell did take? Why the hell would Taker not like you? Oh, it's a long story. <laughs> well, I would say I'll tell it to you when we're not on the air one day. Well, right. I think, I but I don't really know. So no, I mean, I I would say because you're not you were known not to t- not taking any shit off anybody. I would say that. No, might be nobody, part of not it. even him. That, that's why the Lord or not the Lord, but the Lord gave people the brains to make fairly eight. I never nobody scared me in this fucking world when I had that. that I, I I recall that as well. Bill Dundee was and that's another nobody. Bill that happened one it. time too. So, but anyway. So anyway, I, I never worried about. But I I didn't know there was heat for me and Undertaker, but it obviously was because I ain't as well. I wasn't one of Vince anyway. So that's another right. story. Uh, I actually, I actually, me, me and Wayne have remained friends a long time. I, I like Honky Tonk, man. I've, uh, he uh, really oh, me and Honky, good buddies. I like Honky Tonk. We worked not too long ago together. Great, well, great, great guy. Yeah, great he, guy. Uh, he had he had me co-host his podcast a few times back hell ten twelve years ago when I was just kind of getting going, and he paid me one of the greatest compliments I ever got. He says, "I don't know that Kenny Bowen invented podcasting, but he sure as hell perfected it." 
And that came out of Honky Tonk when he had a pretty successful podcast. And he had me as his guest host a couple of times. And that, that was just such a nice compliment to come from him. And I'm going to be honest with you, he's probably treated me better than Jerry Lawler has over the last 10 years, to be honest with you. I mean, he's, been, he's always been a good man to me. So if you see Honky Man, yeah, he's always been certainly telling Kenny nice Bowen said hello. Yeah, well, I, I'm glad oh, to hear that because I always liked Honky. I know Honky could rub people the wrong way, but I've rubbed people the wrong way. Bill Dundee's rubbed some people the wrong way. Jerry Lawler has certainly rubbed some people the wrong way. So if you're going to be in the wrestling business and you're going to be a success, you're going to rub some people the wrong way. It's going to happen. You just can't ask kiss your way through the whole business and, and be a huge success, or at least in my opinion. I don't know too many that's done it. No, I don't know yeah. either. I mean, you, you either, and you and, go and be God, your own man. Cause yeah. yeah. Bill, Bill, how's everything uh, going down in Nashville? Are, are you still doing the, 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 the training centers, and do you still have the uh, – uh, I think you had a bar down there for a while, didn't you? Yeah, they all went away. No, you ain't got time to do nothing. Well, when you say you ain't got time to do nothing, you, as you get older, you don't. You, you, your enthusiasm ain't the same. You know what I mean? I know the feeling. I'm sneaking up on sixty myself, and I know the feeling. <laughs> your enthusiasm. Yeah, you're just a young fella. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't hear that. Yeah. Often. And then yeah. Bill they tell you. me I'm a young fella. And yeah. I heard that about twenty years. <laughs> huh? Uh, Bill, how did you get along with Danny Davis? Uh, how did you and Danny get along? Good, I got along good with Danny. We we got along yeah. real good, excellent, still do. Me and Danny bumped head a couple of times, but, man, he kept me around OVW for 17 years, so I guess he saw something in me. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. That's just how it is. It's me and Jerry Jarrett would butt heads occasionally, but we still never lost respect for one another, and we still work together. Uh, I, I I became very close with Jerry about 10 years ago, maybe 12 years ago, and he ain't never said anything but good things about Bill Dundee every single time. Well, he had a big house that was 30,000 square feet up on the hill with 100 acres around it, and Bill Dundee and Jerry Lawler bought it for him. But what were you, why are you going to say bad, right? Yeah, what are you going to say bad? Yeah, I know who paid for that house. Uh, the rumor was I hear you. That, that I was told that Jared's house, now I never was in his house, but I saw it from a distance. I was told that Jared's house was bigger than Conway Twitty's house. And that when when all the, uh, the fan when all the fans would go by, they would look and see Jerry's house and go, God, whose house is that? Oh, that's that's some wrestling guy's house. They wouldn't even put yeah. it over because they wanted to think all the country music stars made all the money, and Jerry Jarrett apparently was making more money than most of the country music stars. Well, back then, but I mean, he was the promoter, just like the guys that promoted Conway Twitty was making more money than Conway Twitty. Well, Jerry well, Jarrett was well, the promoter, and he'd 30 guys to promote, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm not now, talking to Jarrett. He was very good to me, and if it hadn't been for him, I wouldn't have been here. So, And yeah. he's very smart, and he doesn't get the accolades he should have gotten. I mean, Hulk Hogan started with, with Jerry Jarrett, and that's how he got to, he you know, to become Hulk Hogan. Sting and the Ultimate Warrior and uh, Sting the and the Warrior. I mean, and you know, they all ended up pretty good workers, but they were terrible green when they started. They were, they were. Even I knew, and I was very young then, and I knew they sucked. So if I know they suck, I knew you knew. <laughs> so, yeah, you're the one. But I mean, that's who, just how who, it was. You know, everybody couldn't be Lawler and Dundee. No, they couldn't. But Bill, let me ask you this. 
out of everybody you remember in Memphis, who was the worst wrestler that went on and, and hit the big time? And I'll tell you who I was told it was. Are you talking just wrestling or work? I mean, not the, the guy that every, every, helps. Every, every, everything combined. Uh, wrestling, personality, charisma, the whole package. Who was the worst that went on and still made it big anyway? And I'll tell you who I was told it was. I was told it was the uh, ultimate warrior. What was he back then? What what did y'all have him as? That was the Blade the Runner. The, the, or Jim, yeah. Yeah, yeah, or Jim Hellwig. Yeah, yeah, the Blade Runner. His real name a couple Jim Hellwig, the Blade Runners, yeah. There you go. Well, well I was just told that buddy, him yeah. were as bad as you could get. But Sting came on a long way. Oh, didn't he now? I mean, he didn't he, he, he learn to work. I don't think Hellwick ever learned to work. He learned how to shake the ropes real hard and wear makeup. Oh, he yeah, that, that was it. But, I mean, when you look at the body on him, when <laughs> you were built like that, people looked at you different as a little bitty fellow like me. Yeah, yeah. Well, I tell you what. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pay you the ultimate compliment. I'm, I was uh, about six foot one. Uh, back in the days when I got in, in, in pro wrestling, I guess I was about 275 pounds. I never saw a day I thought I could whip Bill Dundee's ass. I know I know that the, the fans are supposed, when you're a heel, to think that they can whip you. There was never a day I thought I could whip Bill Dundee or Danny Davis. And Danny Davis ain't <laughs> the biggest man ever walked the earth either. I no, he's like about the same whip. size as me. I yeah, but we, we learned. See, see, here's Go the ahead. difference. I started off at 12 with my uncle in Scotland doing judo. Oh, my so God. So 12 I to didn't 16, know that, I didn't that's know that. what I did. And I never yeah. did it in the wrestling business because there was a guy, Judo All Hayes, and they were doing it. But back in that day, if sometimes if you told them you had a shoot thing up your sleeve, they didn't want to use you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've heard that. I've heard you that. You know what I mean? You say, well, this little fucker did Judo for 10 or 12 years. You can't just be nothing. So, And, well, and I, I wasn't. I mean, I learned I, and I was pretty good at it, but... Yeah. Well, I, I knew that you were known as a legit badass and people wouldn't fuck with you, uh, but I did not know that you knew judo. I didn't know that. Well, that, that was that thing, but here's the other thing. They knew I carried that 38, and they've seen it waved around a couple of times. So <laughs> <laughs> that, that was they the know. other deal. That, that kind of evens up the odds a little bit, don't it? Yeah. Right? When I click that hammer back, well, just how bad are you now, son? But no, I, so I mean, that, I that was that was then. This is now. Got a lot more sense now, though. Yeah, well, that's good. Yeah, that's good. Hey, Phil, do me a favor. Um, what the hell is the true story that happened with Randy Savage when he when you all got him involved in Memphis? What What's the true story? I I never got him involved in Memphis. Jerry Lawler was the one that hired him. But you talking about the fight me and him had? Yeah, that's the one I'm talking about. But I, he wasn't working for us then. He, they were just trying to take over. The Poppers were just trying to take over wherever they were, Kentucky. They, they, they were trying. Around. They were trying. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he was coming fact, out of the gym when I was walking over to it. And how the fuck did it get along? He, he, we, he, he passed me and he did something, and I must have smarted off something to him because anyway, I turned around <laughs> and leaned on my car. And then yeah. the next thing, he comes running back and goes, bam, he, he nails me, and down I go. And I said, fucking up I get, charge into him, blah, 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 blah. So we rolled right. around like two old women for a couple of minutes, and then they broke it up. 
By the time I got to my house, the cops come knocking on the door with a warrant for assault with a deadly weapon. Oh, I forgot oh, that part too, didn't I? I, I, ne- I, never, <laughs> I never knew that part. I never knew that part either. I, I didn't yeah. know there was a fight. I didn't know it came to that. I was shocked yeah, yeah. he showed up working when he got fucking hired after that. That's what blew me away. Well, that was Lala. Lala wanted to beat him. Which, okay. That's all right, well. too. So, and, and he drew money. I mean, it, the name of the game was money. He did draw money. I'll grant you that. So he, he drew money. money, and he's, you know, do the thing, and Lala and him drew, and then off he went to do his thing. But anyway, that was all that was about. Nothing really. Well, well, let me tell you my Macho Man story. Macho Man, a uh, savage, they, they, they knew that I was tight with uh, Jerry Lawler and Miss Jarrett and the Cornets and all that. And I want you to know that when Jimmy broke into business, Savage personally wrote me a letter. I don't know how the hell he got my address on 117 Main Street in LaGrange, Kentucky. But Randy Savage wrote me a letter trying to recruit me to come. I think, what, what was it called back then? I, IWA or something like that? ICW or IWA, something I, like that, yes. I, yeah, I, it was ICW. I, I, I remember that. Yeah, IWA was another shit company. ICW, and uh, he, he uh, wrote me wanting to recruit me. So I showed Miss Jarrett the letter. I said, hey, look at this. I said, they're wanting to recruit me to get into wrestling. I said, what would you think if I did that? She looked at the letter. She says, you will never set foot in any of our buildings again if you work for them. I said, okay. I wadded the letter up and threw it away. And Jimmy said, that's where I thought that was going to go. <laughs> so Miss Jarrett. Yeah, that's, now, of that's course, the way. Never, yeah, that's now. But, course, I mean, they, they, never they, they, they were hiring. the ones that went on stupid. You know oh what I mean? God. I mean, they showed up at the buildings and they wanted to fight and they wanted to do this and they wanted to do that, but yeah. they really didn't want to fight. They just wanted the publicity. They wanted to think somebody was. Yeah, they, they, uh, yeah, well, yeah. IWA, IWA used to pull that shit with OVW. Obviously, on a much smaller scale, but, uh, yeah, that, that's what they do. They want you to mention their name, and Danny Davis in 17 years never ever uttered the name of another company. He would never do it, he wouldn't give them the pleasure of it. Right. That, that's kind of what I do. On, that's kind of what I do on social media. When you have the trollers that are wanting to fuck with you, just don't even mention their name, because that's all they want hear to you. hear you say their name. They just want to hear you say their name. Also, I want to thank Bill because Bill really did not know me that well. But when he saw the pictures of my weight loss on Twitter, Bill Dundee was one of the first ones to write my inbox and and congratulate me. And said, "Man, I'm proud of you, and uh, I, I, I'm proud of what you're doing." And Bill Dundee was one of the first to do it. And Bill barely knew me, and that really meant a lot to me that Bill wrote me and told me that. Now, Bill may have been drunk when he did it. I don't know. Probably no, no. But I mean, it, it's it's well, it's just about like anything. If somebody takes the time to do something, and and you know it's yeah. hard, and what you did was it hard. hard. It's really right, hard. right. It's hard. So I mean, take. Kudos to you. Here know. you go. Well, th- well, thank you so much, and I greatly appreciate it. And uh, the only thing I can compare this with, Bill, I don't know how much you cut back your drinking because I-, I know back in the day you used to put it away pretty good. I was oh, an yeah. alcoholic, not co- not cocaine, but Coca Cola. I love Coca Cola, and six uh, about seven months ago, maybe eight months ago, I had to give up Coke to do this weight loss thing. And that's one of the hardest things I've ever done. I still today almost get the shakes if I see somebody with a cold can of Coca-Cola. I love Coca-Cola. <laughs> oh, I yeah, haven't had one in about eight months. Well, that's good. Very good. And that's one of the worst things to put weight on you. 
Oh, absolutely. Oh, my God. Uh, especially, uh, well, they say the diet ones can be just as bad. But yeah. uh, So I was good at sticking to the diet ones, but I had many doctors say, well, Kenny, it's just as bad as the other ones. You might as well drink the sugar ones. I said, well, shit, I yeah. wish you'd told me that 20 years ago. <laughs> I hear you. The only time I like Coca-Cola is somebody put a little whiskey in. Um, <laughs> the, the, the only time, hold on, the only time I like Coca-Cola is when I'm using it to clean my toilet or rust or anything else like that. Well, if it'll do that to your toilet, can you imagine what it does to your stomach? That's Absolutely. Right. Actually, I don't, I don't drink pop, and if I do, it's orange. Yeah. Well, I know. That's why I put the whiskey in it. That's right. That's why you put the whiskey in it. Bill puts yeah. whiskey in it to purify it. He purifies right. Coca-Cola. That's what well, he's doing. Well, <laughs> it's, well, technically, you're only supposed to put a couple of sprinkles of spring water in a good whiskey, aren't you? That's what they I, say. I wouldn't know. you got to yeah. talk to Bill. I wouldn't know anything about that. <laughs> uh, now, now, Bill, uh, if you don't mind me asking, uh, I, I'll, I'll turn 60 March the 16th. Uh, how old are you now? Well, I was born on the 24th of October, 1943. What's that, 76? 1943. Bill, my, Bill, my mother was born in 1939, and you look so goddamn young. You're, you're, I would never you're, dream. You're 10 years older. You're 10 years older than my mom. Oh. Wow. Oh, my God. I never, I never dreamed Bill was uh, that close to my mom's age. I, she would have never thought it. I know. And my mom looked young, but Bill looks younger than my mother. And uh, now she passed away a couple of years ago, God rest her soul, but uh, she's a good woman. As a matter of fact, yeah. she got to manage Jerry Lawler against me one night at Six Flags Kentucky Kingdom, and Jerry wow. got her to slap me in the face, and that was the thrill of her lifetime is the pop she got at Six Flags for slapping me in a Jerry Lawler match. So I'm, I'm so thrilled hey. she got to do that. I'm so uh, thrilled she got to do that. And she did it on the fly, too. They, co- they coached her through it through the whole match. She didn't know what the hell she was doing. And they just right. coached her, Dean Hill and Danny Davis and, and Jerry, telling her what to do, and uh, she got through it. And uh, and the fans thought we hated each other, so that's you know that's why you do it. <laughs> that's it. Uh, Bill, Bill? Under, uh, now, Bill, are you still tight? Uh, pardon me, this is my show. Bill, are you still tight with uh, <laughs> with Dutch Mantel? Well, yeah, but as tight as you can get with Dutch. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, I, I still uh, he, talk he, to him. We. He, he he called me out of the blue a few weeks ago uh, to talk to me about the weight loss thing, and, and, and he was really one of the first ones to tutor me in pro wrestling. I was working for a company I'd rather not mention, and, and, and he was there too, and I always gave Dutch credit for keeping me sane. And Dutch, here's what Dutch told me back then, Bill. You tell me if you agree with this. Dutch says, Kenny, you're not too bad at this. Actually, you're pretty good. He said, but it's hard to make money in this business these days. And then that was in the mid-90s. He says, if you will treat this like your golf, this is golf to you. And you might actually make a little money, and it's going to be a lot less expensive than playing golf. He says, if you'll treat this like golf, you'll be okay. And uh, I, I didn't think that was bad advice, and that's how I treated it. And actually at OVW, when they put me in charge of selling advertising on the show and then selling merchandise and all that stuff, Jimmy said that I was probably, if you factored in all the benefits I had, free cars, free food, all the shit we got free around here, he said, you were probably making a hundred grand a year uh, for about 17 years. So I said, well, I guess if you factor in all the free shit, yeah, it's probably about like that. 
And you didn't have Vince McMahon telling you what to do. He told me how lucky I was that I didn't go to the WWE. You didn't have the trouble. You didn't have the family stress. You didn't have the bullshit of putting up with the boys that didn't like you, putting up with the management that didn't like you. He says, you got to do any goddamn thing you wanted. He says, if we pitched you something you didn't like and you didn't do it, you didn't do it. He said, can you imagine if you tried to pull that shit in the WWE? I said, no. I told him if I'd have lasted two weeks, I'd have been lucky. I probably wouldn't have made it long up there. Well, I I went to Turner, and I really, I mean, I kind of enjoyed that, but I was in the office, too, and Bill Watts, when I went there, Bill Watts was the the manager, and yeah. me and Watts had made a lot of money together in Louisiana, so Bill knew what I could do and couldn't do, then a month later, he, he's telling me he's quitting, or they fired him, whatever way it was, wow. Watts quit. Oh, yeah, yeah, he wasn't there long, I remember that, because I thought, th- I thought business was going to pick up when I knew Bill Watts was involved. And actually, right. Bill Watson and I got to be good friends. He used to call me at my work to talk to me about those uh, vitamins he used to sell, him and his son, yeah. Eric, Yeah. if you remember that. Yeah, he used to call me all yeah. the time. Very nice man. I know Jimmy loved Bill with a passion, and apparently you and Bill got along very well, too. Oh, we got along famously, but I booked his therapy for three years, and it was the best three years he ever had. Now, I remember you guys were hot as shit down there during that time, man. It was rocking. So when I took Ricky and Robert down there, and then Terry Taylor, Dutch, mm-hmm. me, well, there was about seven smaller guys at midgets to him. So he says to yeah, me, we're yeah. sitting in the office, and his wife's there, and he says, hey, stud, you're not going to fill this place up at midgets, are you? So Miss Watts says, <laughs> Bill Watts, can I interrupt just for a second? And he looked over, you know, you look at your wife when they're in a business meeting type thing. He said, yes, dear, just whatever's on your mind, let us know. She said, I suggest you open your checkbook and take a look at it for the last year or whatever it was. And then he said, Uh face closed, and that was the end of that. Oh, my God. Pretty cool. Pretty cool story. All that midgets was making him a shit pot full of money. I tell you what, that's not a bad fucking staff you had going there, man. Ricky and Robert and Terry Taylor and you and Doug. Oh, that, that's and now after Cornette 20 years. You, they were all green guys when I took them there. They were all just starting. They were. Yeah, nobody knew shit back then, probably. Only the booker. Here's the thing. The puppets only dance as good as the puppeteer. And I was the puppeteer, and they all danced right. excellent. Why well, not Jimmy was worked. always very... Jimmy was always very complimentary of your booking, and I know you all went to Atlanta together for a short period of time. And um, I do remember that growing up as kids, we both grew up as Jerry Lawler fans. But when Jimmy started working with Jerry and Bill, Jimmy developed a love for Bill. Uh, Bill took care of Jimmy is what Jimmy told me. He said if it had not been for Bill, the business would have been a lot harder on him. Probably financially right. and physically. But he told me that you took good care of him, and he would ten times rather work for you booking booking shows with you than being on cards with Lawler and Hart because he knew he was going to get, in his opinion, get the shit into the stick. Right. Because so Jimmy Hart was Lawler's boy, and then Cornette was mine, if you want to put it that way. So, you know what I mean? When he yeah. was on my show, we looked after Jimmy, and then when – Jimmy Hart was on Lawler's show. They looked after him. Lawler looked after him. So, well, and you know what? You could even, even see that as a fan. Even as a fan, you could see that. I, I really, 
I really yeah, didn't need Jimmy you, to tell you're me You're looking that, at but, it now, Sam. Look back 15 years or 20 years as a fan, but when we were actually doing it, it never quite looked so, so plain. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, after you're exactly. smart and you know how everything works and you look back, you think, oh, well, yeah, 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 that's what they were <laughs> doing. But when we were doing it, nobody really knew what we were doing. I got a, I got a little but, game I want to play with you. The person okay. that you met in the rest, the person you re- you met in the wrestling business that you hated the most. I'll name mine first. I despise Bob Holly with a passion. Oh wow! I have many reasons. For, I, I have many reasons I despised him. I don't hate too many people, Bill. But if Bob Holly dropped dead today, I know that Cornette put out some shirt about pissing on Vince Russo's grave. I would gladly make a trip to wherever the fuck they buried Bob Holly. That's, and I won't go into all the reasons I hate him. But he was the no, guy. He, sure, was the guy why not? I fucking despised. He well, was the other thing. I, I don't know who Bob Holly is, and I've been in this business since <laughs> 50 years. No, I never, I don't, who, who the hell is Bob Holly? He was, he was spark plug Holly in the WWE, and they, they actually gave him a decent push up there for a while. But when he quit drawing, they sent him to OVW. To kind of give him something to do and kind of, you know, give the, the guys down here a rub. But he hated it down here. And they had me book him on an autograph session. Well, I'm thinking, the WWE star, been on television for fucking ever. He, he'll, he'll draw a crowd. You know, we'll, we'll get four or 500 people. We showed up at this flea market out in Bullitt County. And I know Bill knows where Bullitt County is. Oh, and yeah. Bob, Holly drew, Bob Holly drew a grand total of 37 people. That's almost left at least Virgil. That's what I was about to say. Get out of my head. But no, Bob Bob was a reasonably big deal in the WWE for a while. Bigger deal than he should have been. But he hurt Lance Cade. And when he hurt Lance Cade, Lance got hooked on uh, prescription drugs trying to stay healthy to wrestle. He hurt Rico Constantino, which I didn't take too kindly to, because that's my dearest friend ever in the business. And uh, he's just a, he's just a piece of shit human being, and I'm honored to know that you don't know who he is, because that means you're you don't know than who I he am. is. Well, <laughs> you're a luckier man than I am. <laughs> now, who did you meet, maybe other than Randy Savage, that you had no use for? Wow. Well, and then again, it was that that you get into fights with people, and that was just how that was. I really don't know who I could say I despise in the wrestling business. If I yeah. despise you, I just didn't go around you. I never booked you, so that that, that yeah. never got to that far with me. I was always in the position to either tell, say, Bill, watch this motherfucker. Well, he has got to go, and he's got to go in the next week. So then we would run <laughs> him off or do whatever. Yeah. Now, see, now that's where you and I will have a different perspective. See, I was never the booker, so I didn't need anybody to make money off from. So you could hate somebody but yet know that you need them to make money with, kind of maybe like right. Roller was with Savage or whomever. So, um, yeah, you you and I would probably look at that differently because, you know, I don't give a fuck. Get out of here. I'm not, you, you're not making me no money. So you would have to look at that differently than I would. I can see that. Right. Oh, yeah. Okay, guys, All right. you know I'm what? Gonna, We're at the, uh, the top of the show. I'm I'm going to do the host a big favor. I'm going to let them say something for once. Go ahead, host. Uh-huh. Do your goddamn job. Katie, you go ahead and take this. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want me to take? No, I said Katie, not Kenny. Oh, Katie. Oh, I thought you said Kenny. See, I, even when you don't call on me, I think you're calling on me. 
Go ahead, Katie. Well, bar the door. We're it. Yeah. Katie. Hello, Katie. Katie, Katie, huh? oh, Katie. Katie left. What? There you are. Oh, oh. They're, they're gonna what? they're gonna let you ask your question, Katie. Where I'm I'm gonna no, shut no, up for thirty no. seconds. No, no, it's okay. I'm I'm just gonna sit here and be quiet and look pretty like I'm supposed to. Have fun. We're right. gonna <laughs> take our song break and we will be back in about three minutes. Uh, Bill and Kenny, if you minute, want to refresh about, your what, call. What if me and Bill don't want? What if me and Bill don't want to take a break? What about that? We have to let our listeners pee. Oh, okay. Well, whatever. All right, then. They have, our, our, listeners, <laughs> our, our listeners have Jim yes. Cornette bladders. Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I hope not. I hope they got bigger players uh, than no. that. Oh, no, God. John, what was it? What was it, Uncle Kenny? Uncle Kenny, what was it I'll in the 20 the, miles? I'll, I'll, you had I'll, to, you I'll had to, the, yeah? I'll, I'll tell the story after the break. Okay, wonderful. It, it has to do with that shit limo again. Yeah, uh, yeah, I knew it was a piece of shit limo. All I knew right. it was a shit limo. Why do you think I brought it up? All right, uh, Steve, go ahead and cue song, and we'll be back in about three minutes.
winning a Starmaker Bowl in here, having a ball at PWR Slam here on the Graveyard Network. Just having a blast and can't wait to be back on here. Everybody tune in and listen. This is a fantastic show. All and that right. only took you four takes to do. <laughs> I, li- I, I, I lied. I, I, I'm known as, as one-take Bowen, and I lied when I said that shit. That's why I couldn't <laughs> say it with a straight face. <laughs> uh, well, all right, all right. I'll tell you what. Let's back. turn this over to Katie because uh, she's been one to ask Bill about uh, about some of his uh, past working here. So, uh, Katie, take this one, will you? Nope. <laughs> Come on, Katie, talk. No. Hey, all Katie, right. Okay, Katie, then. Don't build. Bill Dundee's asking you to ask him a question. Now, don't disrespect Bill Dundee. You're insulting me here. And I don't. Bill, Dun- Bill Dundee insulted my sport and country. Well, if he said Canada sucks and hockey sucks, who's going to argue with him? Me. Oh well. <laughs> well, that, that's it. Well, Bill. Bill, I. But here, here is the thing that, that that I shouldn't say Canada sucks because Canada's as close to Scotland as you'll ever get. The way they talk and how they say things and whatever they do, that they're all would be Scots people. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I would agree with that. I, I guess I better uh, shut my mouth because I'm booked in Canada March sixth, seventh, and eighth. I guess I better <laughs> shut up too. <laughs> you're not, you're not, you're sorry, not booked in sorry, Toronto, man. but you're not, in, but you're not in Toronto, are you? No, I'm not in Toronto, but sorry, Canada. Well, I'm then sorry. you ain't been to Canada. You ain't been to Canada until you come to Toronto. Well, book huge, me then, bitch. Huge. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Gundy, Bill, you got Bill, to work, uh, some great stuff that uh, Cornette had <laughs> talked about a little bit on one of his previous programs, and that was with Billy Robinson. How did, uh, did Cornette get into that subject? Uh, well, he was he was putting over the old superstar Bill Dundee and talking about you know all of uh, how he saw all these great matches in Memphis and it gave him these great booking ideas, most of which he got from Jerry Jarrett. <laughs> well, there, there's no most doubt he got that. from who? Jerry Jarrett. Oh, Jerry Jarrett was the smartest guy in the wrestling business at the time he was doing it, and I don't know why he didn't go to Vince's, I mean, because he went up there and talked to him and all them other things, so I, I don't know what went wrong there, but he went up, talked to him, and came back, so he brought me here, and he used to, was the one that would sit me down and say, Bill, this is why we do this, and this is why we do it, and this is the reaction you will get when you do it, so this is what we're doing on this TV, and so he, he, he was very instrumental in Creating Bill Dundee. Absolutely, mm. um, and I and I will I will say this: everything I learned about pro wrestling was watching Memphis television, which was obviously a, a Jarrett product. But you had to learn from the performers as well. So I learned from the Jerry Lawlers, the Dutch Mantels, the Bill Dundees, the Austin Idols, the Big Bad Johns, the Plowboy Phrase. You you learn a little something from everybody. And right. I learned from that product. I didn't learn shit watching WWWF or AWA. I didn't learn shit from that. I learned how to be an entertaining heel watching Memphis wrestling. I learned everything right. from that. 
Yeah. Uh, uh, and that's and for too, those, look at Austin Idol. Yeah, for the young kids, Plowboy Frazier was uh, Uncle Elmer. Uncle Uncle Elmer, right. Uncle Elmer, that's exactly what he was. WWF. Yeah, but he was Plowboy Frazier for years before that. Oh, yeah. The big Plowboy from Philadelphia, Mississippi, by the way. Philadelphia, Mississippi. I hear you. Um, now the other Bill, talk to us a little bit about working with, you know, the guys like Billy Robinson who made you work a little bit of a different style. Well, the, 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 it was a different style. The English guy in Australia had the same. That's how I started doing that type wrestling. So Tony Charles, Billy Robinson, what the hell the other Englishman? There was four or five Englishmen running around here all at the same time, and they all had that style. And at least we wrestled, and that was the name of the game. I mean, and Billy Robertson was a tough son of a gun. If he wanted to be the world's champ, he would have been it until he decided to give you the belt back because he mm. could do it, brother. He was a tough dude. That was the story uh, I heard as well. Bill, I had I had a guy, I, one of the guys that I worked with um, back in back in my day. At uh, Windy City Wrestling, he used to uh, um, go up and uh, do jobs for Vern for TV. And uh, he one day found that he was uh, supposed to work Billy. And he was scared to death because he says, Bill, uh, he says, yeah, he says, Billy had books on submission wrestling that he would sit in the back and read before they'd go on. And if you screwed up, he'd put you in something. And he says he breathed a sigh of relief when they changed the uh, board and put him up against uh, um, Jerry Blackwell. <laughs> well, yeah, there's two different kinds right of wrestlers there. there. <laughs> yeah, oh, Billy Robertson was a tough dude, man. But if he liked you, he liked you. And if he didn't, he didn't. I mean, he, he could suplex the hell out. Yeah, I did a deal with him. It's on tape somewhere. I. I don't know if I let him never put it on TV, but we was at the swimming pool and he suplexed me off the top diving board into the water. Oh, my what God. What a bump. That's what I said. He oh said, will you take God. it? I said, I'd hell like yeah, I'll that. take it. So he stood at the end of the diving board and I <laughs> run at him and he kicked me in the belly, hooked my arms and boom, off we went. It sounds worse than it really is, but it's just one of them things. I would have liked to have seen it. My my Billy Robinson story is uh, somehow someone took me backstage to meet him. I don't know if it was Cornette, probably Jimmy. But they took me backstage to meet Billy. And Billy Robinson is the first human being I ever heard use the phrase, and pardon me, but this is what he said, Jesus fucking Christ. I had never heard another human being say it out yeah. loud until I heard Billy Robinson say it. <laughs> And me and Cornette looked well, at Well, that, that, like, that is really a British saying say to say that in, in Britain. Yeah. Say what? Uh, well, see, I he, he might have been the first Englishman I'd ever met. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, so he was the first one I'd ever met, and I heard that, and I looked at Cornette, and I said, like, can you say that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a, there's a whole country says that. <laughs> it's called Britain. Now, 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 Scotland. Now, does Scotland use that phrase as well, Bill? Oh yeah, the Scotsman. Yeah, Jesus fucking Christ, lied. What's wrong with you? That's how they say it in well, Scotland. Bill, answer me this. Now that I'm taking the show back over again, answer me this. All right. Why? Why were you Bill from Australia instead of Scotland? 
Because uh, of George because Barnaby? Me and George, we came from Australia. I was living in Australia, and me and George hooked up there for about eight years before we ever got here oh. and wrestled in okay. Australia all over the place. So then when we come here, Lance Russell would say they're Australians. And I didn't want to just gotcha. come out and cut him off every Saturday morning and say, no, Lance, he's from Australia. I'm from Scotland, so I just became Australian. Do you do you know how I found out you were not from Australia? The way I found uh, out maybe. is that J- J- Jimmy Cornette saw your license and saw your real name, which I still to this day couldn't tell you what it is, but he saw your real name and that you were not from Australia, that you were from Scotland. <laughs> And that's how I found out back many moons ago. Yeah, what did he find out? What was the name? William Crookshanks? You know what? That if if that's your real name, that might be what he told yep. me. But if you offered me a million dollars <laughs> to say your real name, I would not be able to do it. <laughs> well, if you buy my book off the internet, you'll see it all over my in my book. I have it in my book. How much is your book, Bill? I got a book out too. Have you ever bought my book? No, what's the name of it? Jabroni's Anonymous? My book is called I Probably... Hey, shut up. Quit putting Bill over. My book is called I Probably Screwed You Too, The Mostly True Stories of Kenny Starbaker Boland. The Mostly True Stories. There might be a couple in there that aren't true. Okay. Well, Starlake and Bowling, I don't mean this bad either, but I was around this business 30 years before I ever heard of you. <laughs> you certainly I think I was drinking with Danny Davis when he brought your name up, but that's another story. Oh, oh my God. Well, I'm sure nothing <laughs> good came out of that conversation. <laughs> if you and Danny were drinking and my name came up, nothing good was said, I'll promise you no, that. No, nothing at all. <laughs> just, uh, just a few adjectives here <laughs> there before we said your name, but that was well, all right. I- well, I'm glad uh, you finally heard of me. I, it, 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 even if it took till a few weeks ago, I'm just glad you finally heard of me and knew how much I admired your work and, and all the great man. Well, I appreciate that, but here's on. the other thing. And I don't mean the bad or thing, but I never heard of you back in the good old days. Where, where was you? Uh, still trying to make a name. I, I never really made a name for myself until I got to OVW and we got the WWE contract. And then our DVDs started selling all over the world, and then people finally knew who I was and what I could do. But until then, I was basically Cornette Stooge, to be honest with you. I helped out in smoking. <laughs> well, I he, helped out he was Jerry Jarrett, yeah. so, yeah, I hear you. <laughs> we, all got, we all got a stooge for somebody, don't we? But, uh, I no, you. I basically was Cornette Stooge. I, I'd pick him up at the airports, and I'd help out backstage, and I did ring announcing and Smoky Mountain Wrestling and met Al Snow and – and Chris Jericho and Lance Storm and all those guys down there who went on to make it big. And uh, now, see, here's another. Yeah, I've been no. around this business forever, and I've never seen Chris Jericho apart from in a picture. You're kidding me. I'll be damned. Uh, never been around him. Never met him. Never. Well, I, tell, I, I tell you what. He's a hell of a talent and a hell of a promo. He, he's a good friend of mine. And uh, even though he got famous and made millions and millions, he kept me as a good friend, and I appreciated that. I can't even say that about John Cena, and I managed him for three years, and I never hear from Cena anymore. And and everybody knows that me and Rico busted our ass to make sure he got called up because we knew that he at least had the promo, and if he had minimal wrestling skills, he was going to be okay. And uh, WWE wanted to get rid of him. Uh, Vince McMahon wanted to cut him. 
And we, and he wanted to cut Rico, too. But Stone Cold Steve Austin loved Rico Constantino. So Stone Cold saved basically Rico's job. And in the process, we saved Cena's job as well. And now look how, you know, look what would have happened if John Cena had never made it to the WWE. Yeah, I hear you. But that's just how it is. I mean, I'm looking at a poster right here that's on my wall. And if you ever get up to my house... There's right. George Barnes and Bill Dundee versus Toji Yamamoto and Eddie Marlin. That's on the main oh event. Oh, my God. Then, I, I then at the bottom those. of the card, it says George Barnes, Bill Dundee versus Phil Hickerson and Robert Fuller. They were getting their money's worth out of me and Barnes in that night twice. <laughs> yeah, Robert Fuller was a bit of a shooter, too, wasn't he? Well, they, all them Fullers could go. Yeah, they were all pretty yeah. good. Yeah. And then Fuller's Danny and Hodge and Ron Fuller. You should have saw that stiff-ass match. Danny Hodge and Ron oh Fuller. God. Ron was the big tough one. I've heard stories. I, I, I never saw it, but I've heard stories about it. Man, that's awesome. Uh, well, Bill, Bill, do you yeah. still live in Nashville? Bill, do you still live the in what? Nashville? Do you I still live in, in Rockville outside of Memphis. Oh, you're outside of Memphis. Well, if I ever get down that way again... Uh, I'll have to give you a holler, give you some notice, and hell, I'd, I'd love to hook up and have a dinner or lunch with you sometime. It'd be yeah, an honor. you get down this way, we can go to lunch, you go wherever it's early in the morning, we'll go to breakfast. It'd be anything. Well, that sounds fantastic to me. I'll let my son know that, and we'll put that on the list of things to do now that I can actually travel a little bit. Yeah, yeah put that on your to-do I'm, list. Yeah, I've lost 225 pounds, yeah. and it's a lot easier to travel than when you weighed over 500 pounds. Damn, that's a whole fucking person. That's a lot of guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's that is a big old boy. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I, I I remember your weight back in the day, and I think you were billed at 225 pounds, probably at your biggest, I guess. And and we probably added 10 to that, so it was probably 210 <laughs> or 205 or whatever, yeah. Uh-huh. If I get up yeah. past two, 210, I'm, I'm carrying weight, you know what I mean? Yeah. I remember but here's the other thing. I always believed this. David beats Goliath. He certainly And that did. was the way, you know, he went through the wrestling business. So you oh, added just 10 a little pounds bitty bastard. Waller, so you added 10 pounds, and Lawler was notorious for subtracting 15 or 20. Right. Yeah, yeah. He was, uh, <laughs> I hear I remember, you. I remember, I remember once, uh, I don't know if you remember this, Bill. Do you remember when Lawler was trying to make weight the Russell Nelson Royal for the junior heavyweight title? Yeah, yeah. No, he didn't have to do that. Lawler was just doing that for Lawler. Well, well of course. But they brought a scale out on Memphis. And you got to remember, me and Cornette are kids. Uh, Lawler, this might be, what, 77 or 78 at the latest? And they brought a scale out to see if Lawler could track 219. Lawler's never tracked 219 a day in his day of life. But they bring a scale out, and they're trying to convince the fans that Lawler weighs 219 or less. So Jerry steps up on the scale, and Lance, well, look at there. And Lawler, yeah, look at that, huh? Look at that. 219 pounds right on the button. And they set that scale to about 239. Lawler shaped 20 pounds for that scale, and they never put a camera on the scale. You never saw right. any weight. <laughs> so I was wondering if you remembered that when Lawler was trying to make weight to Russell Nelson Royal. Yeah, you and he didn't break. have to. That that is, you know what I mean? He says, "Well, I'm really going to do this." So I think he was in his head. He wanted to do it for himself. 
Let me tell you a story, Bill, that I've never told. Than you thought it was. Bill, I'm going to tell you a story. Uh, yeah, it's a lot harder than you thought it was. I'm going to tell you a story, Bill Dundee, that I've never told anywhere. It involves you, and you cost me potentially a shitload of money, and I'm going to tell you why. And it involves okay. the Royals. At the Louisville Gardens, you had an NWA World Junior Heavyweight title match with Nelson Royal. So I yes, I did. Of course, you know, I was a, of course, I was a big Lawler fan, and I'm here to see whoever Lawler's wrestling, but I definitely wanted to see the Nelson Royal Bill Dundee match. I knew it was going to be a Matt Classic. Listen to what fucking Cornette does. Now, he's just a photographer back then. He's not managing. He's only a photographer. He comes out, and I would sit in his front row seat with his mother because he never occupied his seat. So I had a free front row seat at all the Louisville Garden shows. Cornette comes out at intermission. He says, Kenny, find every fucking sucker in this building you can find. I said, why is that? He said, I just got word Bill Dundee's going over for the NWA junior heavyweight title tonight. I said, you're shitting me. I said, Bill is going to beat Nelson Royal here tonight. He says, Kenny, find every fucking sucker you can find. So I'm going around the gardens, and I'm betting everybody I can find that Bill Dundee's going to be because there was never world heavyweight title changes in Louisville. It right. almost never happened. It always happened in Memphis. It might happen at Rupp Arena, but it sure fuck wasn't going to happen in Louisville. So I'm betting every fucking sucker in the building that Dundee is going to beat Nelson Royal for the NWA Junior Heavyweight Championship World Title. That match ends, and guess what? Bill Dundee didn't win. <laughs> I got right. back up and I ran out of that goddamn building. My car was parked right outside the door. And I didn't go back to the Louisville Gardens for about six months because of you, because I got bad information from Cornette, and I owed a shitload of people money that I couldn't pay, so I had to go. <laughs> See, the reason we, we never did much in did much in Louisville because Monday was Memphis, and Tuesday right. was Louisville, Evanville was Wednesday, and Thursday was Lexington. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you, you couldn't do much in on Louisville was in between. So we just right. we just came up and had matches. And they certainly weren't well, gonna switch no belt in Louisville. No, that didn't happen. Well here's the other thing. Do you remember the days that there was so little information about from town to town that they would have a match in Memphis and then they would do the same match in Louisville and the same match in Evansville, pretty much. And they, they normally well, don't was, switch up too much. But you know, that was you know who before that? cable. Yeah, that was long before cable. I didn't even have cable right. back then. But listen to listen to this shit. Jerry Lawler got in Cornette's ass one night because J- Jimmy used to go to all the towns. He'd do Memphis, Tupelo, Rupp Arena. I mean, I only did Louisville and Rupp most of the time. I only went to Evansville like twice. So Jimmy would give me the results of all the towns, and I started looking at him. I was well, goddamn, the same goddamn match thing. Same finish in every town. What's the shit? So, uh, and we had a suspicion that was probably it, but we didn't know. So, do you remember? Do you remember a lady, uh, a lady named Lola Johnston, who had a fascination for Tommy Marlin? Do you remember that? Well, I kind of didn't know what the lady's name was, but I kind of remember the fascination with the, the woman and the guy. Yeah. Okay. Well, Lola Johnston was my ride to the Louisville Garden, and Lola got to the point where she would go to all the towns to meet Tommy. She had a fascination for Tommy Marlin. So she starts get. I guess this is where the arena rats came into factor. She would get with all the rats, 
and tell them the finishes in all the towns. Well, word gets back to Lawler that people are knowing what's going on in each town. So Lawler thought Cornette was telling me, and Lawler accused Jimmy of telling me and that I was telling people. So Jimmy says, Kenny, who are you telling these finishes to the matches to? I said, I ain't fucking telling anybody. He says, well, Lawler thinks you are. I said, well, that's fucking great because I thought Jerry was going to try to beat my ass, and I'm only fucking 16, 17 years old. And I said, no. So then, then they start telling me what word's getting. I said, wait a minute. I said, Lola goes to all those goddamn towns. Lola knows the finishes. Tell them if they don't, go, tell them if they don't want the word getting out about the fucking finishes to switch goddamn finishes. If you know the rats are in every town, you got to switch them up. So that was my defense. And, and, uh, but now Jimmy was pissed at me because he thought I was saying it. Lawler thought I was saying it. And I wasn't saying shit. It turned out it was Lola Johnston who was uh, had a fascination for the referee. Yeah. And I also <laughs> hear Tommy Marlin was a legit badass and a judge in Tennessee. Is that correct? Yeah, he was a pretty good old boy. Then he, he got into politics, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I knew he Tommy was a judge. Tommy was more I, better than Eddie. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. <laughs> He certainly looked more like a wrestler than Eddie because I knew because Tommy was the king of the fast count. I don't even know referees that did fast counts before Tommy Marlin. But Tommy was the babyface's referee. If he's going to get a break, Tommy Marlin was going to give it to you. And uh, do do you know any refs that did the fast count before Tommy? Was he he kind of the originator of that or no? But here here is the other thing. Tommy Marlin never counted any faster than the Booker told him to. (laughs) <laughs> well, I won't argue So what that. you do th- 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 See how you go over Tommy Marlin Did it? We used Tommy yeah. Marlin To do that So we've, if we're going to do the fast count We're going to put Tommy in the match to be the referee Right So yeah, then they never the took upon themselves to do that Yeah, Paul Morton did it Paul Morton did it a few times But uh, Tommy oh, was yeah, the, Paul the main was, fast he, count referee Yeah yeah, and pa- Paul was a good man, too. I really liked Paul. He was a good man. Oh, yeah, he was a good guy. That, the whole crew back then was good. Well, hell, me and Robert Gibson have been friends for years. See, I've known Robert since, he, I guess, practically damn near since he broke in. So I was friends with a lot of the guys. I just never got to make friends with you. I knew Ricky Morton real well and Robert and, and of course, the Midnight Express back in the days when Cornette broke in with them. So I, I knew everybody but you. You're the one I didn't know. But I figured you hated me watching me root for Jerry Lawler against you for 25 years. <laughs> no, that, that part never bothered me. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think it would. Now, now that I know you, I know better. And, uh, and it was certainly a pleasure uh, seeing you in Louisville. Well, there I go talking all the time again. Let's let's see Toast do something. Ask, ask Bill a question. <laughs> um, now, Bill, uh, I had the privilege of working with your son and actually managing him on the show back in uh, – 2008 up around Moline. I, City, I, worked, I worked with him too, and he hit me in the head with a hubcap. So I'll just leave that at that. <laughs> oh, he hit you with a hubcap too. He hit, he hit me, me with a hubcap hub and hammer. He <laughs> He hit me hard. That boy too bad to his mother. Oh, He's a different kettle of fish than me. <laughs> You know what I mean? Oh, there you go. I know. That's it. Now, see, now that's a that's an old British type expression. It's a different kettle of fish. My gosh, 
Oh man, oh man! But uh, Bill actually, Bill actually watched your son uh, JC get kicked out of a comedy club one night. He started heckling the comedian, and he wouldn't shut up. He was in the oh yeah, that's places. my boy. And me, me and the me and a lot of the OVW wrestlers were guests of uh, of a comedian named uh, God damn it, what was his name? Tim Wilson. Tim Wilson was world world famous comedian, and he was huge in Louisville. I know who Tim Wilson weeks. is. Oh, he was very the funny best, guy. He, huge wrestling fan, funniest guy in the world, and he loved wrestling. He loved Dusty Rhodes especially, and he took a liking to us when he ran into me and John Cena and Sean O'Hare. Uh, Mark Henry uh, would go to the comedy club. Well, we're at the comedy club one night. We got a front row seat dead center with Tim Wilson, and all of a sudden we hear this rough, raspy voice in the back heckling the fuck out of Tim. And uh, we couldn't tell who it was, and one of the boys said, you know what? I think that's, I think that's J.C. Ice. I said, you got to be fucking me. He's not here. And I turned around, and he is back here. He's drunk as a skunk, and he is heckling the fuck out of Tim Wilson. And finally they had security throw him out because he just would not shut up during the show. He had been on something. He may have had a little shit up his nose or something. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. Makes you well, talk. I wasn't gonna. I, was, I wasn't gonna say yeah. that. Yeah. That wasn't my play. Uh, I got. Oh, I got to say, I, I, I know him. I know I him. Like, not gonna he, say he, that when I, I told. He would. He would do some yeah, shit, and, and I would go on his ass. Well, how did you know you did it? I said, you think you're the only person ever did that in this whole wide world, Jamie Dundee? You're <laughs> and I thought you was. <laughs> I've been around 20 oh, years yeah. before you, and you're thinking you're going to pull something on your dad? No, never going to happen. Yeah, I worked a, I worked a lot well, of shows with JC and Wolfie back in the day. They yeah. don't even speak the well, more Well, the night that I worked with them in Hammond, um, they, well, they, amazing. They, were, that. they were drinking as they were getting dressed. They were drinking as they were getting dressed. I found out later they were apparently uh, doping up in somebody's car, Two in between. Had I known that, I'll be honest. I I would have I would have told the promoter, hey, just pay him, kind of, get him out of here. What kind of dope? Was it booger sugar? Yeah. Yeah, that and that and a little bit of okay. that and a little bit of the uh, old uh, old uh, you know, Mexican Molly. Um, so what well, Mexican guys, Molly? What's that? What's now, Mexican guys, Molly? Guys, you are marijuana. Guys, no, 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 no. I'm smoking marijuana. It's legal. You guys it's medicine. It's not drugs. Well, it wasn't. It Katie. wasn't then. Um, excuse me. me. All right, hold on a second. Have, hold on a second. Excuse uh, me. I, now I'm going to talk. I'm going to talk. No, okay. Marijuana, marijuana, and marijuana products such as hash have been found in ancient Egyptian tombs. So it's been medicine, as has opium been medicine since the dawn of time. <laughs> Thank you. You know what? Right. Very well said, my dear. And cocaine. When I, when I saw the mummy at the Louisville Gardens, I knew that fucker was high. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So. Well, I get very um, quiet for Yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah. And the, and, I, and, the, and the match was a total cluster. You know, and all, and yeah. I had already agreed to uh, take in the hubcap and the pile driver. Like I say, had I known at the time how bad they were messed up, um, I value my safety too much to allow guys to do something to me that uh, 
if they're not if they're not in condition. And had I realized they were not in any condition, yeah, yeah. that that would have not happened. Well, you, you, know, got, you guys I lost mean, me for a bit. You know, hey, we got we got it. We got to call the bad with the good. Right. You guys lost me for a bit because I have never smoked, never drank, never done drugs, never been drunk a day in my life. And I'm hearing booger candy and all kinds of these names that I've never even heard of before. Bill, you familiar with any of those names? Oh, yeah. That's, I've tried it all. <laughs> <laughs> no, I ain't tried shit. The closest thing to Coke I ever got was, of course, Coca-Cola. That was the closest I ever got. Um, Bill, talk to us about your booking style because everybody had a different style as a booker. And yours, I don't quite yours get, drew a lot of money. People ask me that all the time. There is no style in Booker. This is the thing that, that was drummed into me by Jerry Jarrett. Bill, if you don't make it real, the fucking fans ain't going to make it real. And it's real to you, and it's real to me, and it's real to them two guys you're going to give the finish to. So set the finish up like you can do it if it's real. And I said, yes, sir, you got it. Heard. Best advice I've That's some key heard. advice right there. And that's how it works. It's the only way it works. The kids today, I don't know what they do. I have never been around them to do the thing. But it's Danny, do you think Danny Davis made Ohio Valley Wrestling work because he, he, he you know how he was? Oh, absolutely. And it worked absolutely. because people wanted to believe in it. Do, do uh, well, Kenny, this question's for you, too. Do you guys think that wrestling has lost believability over the last few decades? Well, no, uh, wrestling hasn't lost. The boys did it. The, the people in it did it. Well, yeah, it's kind of hard to blame wrestling. You got to blame the performers and and I would say the the bookers or the so-called agents. What my, here's my opinion, and and Bill's obviously far more of an expert than I am. My opinion is that you don't have enough wrestling people involved in wrestling. You got got right. comic book writers. They all go down. There's no writers. money. Yeah, there is no and, money uh, in wrestling. But no, but when you got comic book writers booking wrestling shows, you're going to get fucking comedy and unbelievable shit. Now that's my opinion. Uh, Bill's obviously well, the, and I agree with you on book. some of that. But I mean, we can't just blame Vince yeah. McMahon for all the bad that happened. There's plenty of bad to go around. Plenty of bad to go right. around. Uh, I've watched all. I've watched a little bit of all of the news shows. And the Bill, the only thing that's entertained me in probably the last. 15 or 20 years, to be honest with you, is watching Shinsuke Nakamura in NXT. I uh, don't know how much you know about Shinsuke and, and the girl wrestler Asuka and, and Kareem uh-huh. Payne. Uh, unfortunately, yep. Well, fortunately or unfortunately, they're all three Japanese, but they're the only who's three that have remotely entertained me. Because okay, who's doing a bong on air? They, they knew psychology. They knew how to work. They had great entrances. And uh, now, of course, back when Bill started, shit, I think Bill was doing matches with no entrance music. Uh, I remember right. Jerry coming out to Rocky, and he was one of the first I remember coming out to entrance music. I mean, how in the hell did guys have matches without entrance music? How'd that happen? That, that, I mean, today that's what it's exactly. all about. But it, it, it's all, all in the intro. I mean, the, fir- I mean somebody- the first people... The first people that I heard with entrance music was Hogan and the AWA because they played Eye yeah. of the Tiger because when he came to the AWA, right. he was in that Rocky. was when uh, was Rocky. Rocky Three had come out. And uh, uh, Michael Hayes with Freebird when Georgia Championship Wrestling first went uh, yeah. national on cable. And 
and that I, was I think, when I think, uh, Jerry, um, I think Jerry originally Hayes started coming out to Rocky and Superman. Right. So, Bill, what was your first? Bill, what was your first entrance song? Bad to the bone. Bad to the bone. Yep. Now, now, yeah. now tell me, I remember that. I sure uh, do. George Thorogood. Great song. Great song. You knew the name. I did not. Yeah, Mr. Thurgood did it. Hey, and my favorite, one bourbon, one scotch, one beer. Right. Oh, there you go. That's a that's a classic too. That's a classic too. I I love Thurgood. I love Thurgood. Hey, uh, guys, Mister Mister and Mrs. Host, do you guys take call-ins or have questions being asked or anything? We certainly do. Nobody's asked me to ask anybody anything. I'm usually the one they type to. Oh, okay. Right. Nobody's giving me anything. People well, don't want to show it's on thing, my page. God think damn good thing Bill and I can talk, or otherwise we'd be fucked if we were counting on questions. Well, have you told the people to take in call-ins? Anybody out there want to talk to Superstar? Call in, by God. You can call in live at 213-943-3719 to talk to Kenny, the star maker, Bolin, and superstar Bill Dundee. Uh, If you've been listening to this and have called in before and we haven't gotten to you yet, call in, call in, in, you little bitches. I dare you. I dare you to ask a question that Bill and I can't answer. I double-dog dare you. Yeah, we double-dog bear you, by God. Double-dog. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Bill and I keeping it clean like in the 70s. Billy is with you, yes. Well, ask him if he has anything to ask. Hello, Billy. Hey, what Do you have now? anything to ask the superstar? Okay, first of all, I have to there admit, I'm fucking, I'm fucking fanboying here. The Bill Dundee is on call with us, along with Kenny Bolin. <laughs> this really is insane. You notice I got second insane. billing, Bill. <laughs> no, I hear you. <laughs> Never thought I'd actually get to meet Bill Dundee here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and as for my question, oh, go. one of the things one of the things I do have for one of the questions I have for Bill Dundee, what was the most amazing, you know, craziest moment of your career? When I was going to ride a motorcycle to the ring in Memphis and got halfway down the aisle and the bike slid out from under me and we wiped out the front <laughs> row, that was pretty amazing. Oh, oh that's God. one of the things <laughs> I wanted to know about. Yeah, tell us how, about how many, that. Was that well, because the spotlight hit you? How yeah. many people made money off of that, Bill? I, we never got sued to one. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, wow. That happened today. That happened today. They would have owned the building and everything else, but no. Oh, hell, there would have been 12 attorneys gathered around your motorcycle. Oh, unbelievable, but it was just one of them things. I hit the brake and the front brake and the damn front started whooshing. Next thing, I boom, yeah. and down it went into the front row. I thought, wow. That was pitch black <laughs> apart from the spotlight, so now the spotlight's on me and the bike, and I'm standing there and picking the bike up, full of lights on, and I thought, oh, they're all dead, but no, they weren't. They were all good up and they'd come up <laughs> and help me pick the bike up. Goddamn. Bill, was that a Jerry Jarrett book show? Oh, yeah, that was Jarrett's show. Uh, I, bet, I bet Jarrett was holding his breath when you got back there. Well, it wasn't too bad. Uh, Everybody said, anybody lived. hurt? I said, no, I don't think so. 
say, well, okay. And that was really, I mean, you're more taken aback than what you're going to say. You, you can't run well, along like, you know, I mean, like, like you're an idiot. I mean, we are, we're all idiots, him for letting me write it and me for writing right. it. But anyway. Him. Yeah. Yeah. And then he, that's what you kind of said. He said, people. well, it's my fault I let you do it. Oh, yeah. Well, okay, it's your fault. It was a big man. It was a big man to have him do that. I, I didn't think he would. Well, I yeah, put it uh, on but you. he knew how, how goofy I was, because that's what he said after. <laughs> he said, "Yeah, he said I knew how goofy you was. I shouldn't let you done it." Well, Bill, here's my question: Were you sober when you rode that bike to the ring? Oh yeah, sober as a judge, just kept him <laughs> underneath me. <laughs> he was as sober as he was as sober as Tommy Marlin, ladies and gentlemen, who was a judge. Yeah, right. And some of the things that Tommy did, he, he, he liked to do a little toddy now and again too, every now and again. But anyway, another story, I, I guess. I, I, I've, I've seen Tommy knock down a few suds in his day, uh, mm-hmm. putting it mildly. That's nice. Well, oh, see, them, them uh, road trips, you was in the car seven days a week driving up and down the friggin' road. You had to do something. Got to do something. Uh, I, it might have changed me, too. I never had to do the seven-day shit. I was more of a four-day guy. I was a lazy fuck. You know when my son <laughs> told me to retire? But uh, here, here's, when my son, here's when my son told me to retire. When I was at OVW, I only had to do the television shows, and I was doing commentary. And I would dread, because the show had gotten so bad, that I would dread going in to do the show. I didn't even get dressed up anymore. I'd wear a damn jogging suit or a Kenny Bowling t-shirt or something, a Bowling Services shirt. I wouldn't even dress up. And and Danny gave me permission to get to the show five minutes before the bell rung, because he said, you call better shows when you have no fucking clue what we're doing. He said, just sit at the desk and call it the hell you see. The shows are even better when you do it that way. So you're the only one that has permission to show up five minutes before the bell. So my son's dad, he says, Dad, he says, do you not even like doing this anymore? I said, to be honest with you, son, I said, for me to have to sit there and call that shit with a straight face is the hardest thing I've ever done. He says, then, Dad, you should quit. So I went in right. and told Danny at night. I said, I said, Danny, this would be my last show. I said, I just can't do this anymore. And he just looked at me like I'd lost my damn mind. He said, 17 years, and now tonight I get a week's notice, you know. I said, you got 15 people in the back dying to take my job. Give it to one of them. And that was the last time I ever set foot in OVW Arena. Didn't even say goodbye to the fans. I just did my last show and, and moved uh, to bumfuck Indiana somewhere for about six months and hated it, and then I came back to Louisville. Lawson. I hear you. Mm, wow. You know, any wow. more callers? Do we, have uh, any, do we have any more callers? Uh, any questions? Well, Let's get uh, the callers I, involved. We're we we're waiting on more callers. Uh, I want to talk to. Do you uh, have any? Do you have any? Do you have any actual listeners? Or is this is me and Bill talking to each other? Oh, right. there's listeners. <laughs> we're listening. Yeah. Oh, we have guys. I mean, not not that me and Bill aren't having a good time, but we like a few other right. people join in too. You know. Um. Now, uh, Kenny, I know you worked for the SOB. Bill, did you ever wear free and rotten? Did I ever work God, I for Ian not. Rotten? Yeah, I think I did. Oh, you poor soul. I no, was there wasn't there two Rottens? <laughs> what, which was the nicest one? They were both dicks. What was uh, the nicest Ax- dick? Ax- Ax- Axel was the nice one, and he died, and many people said the wrong one died. Am I right on that? Right. Axel died? So I, I worked for yes. Axel. I worked for the yes. nice one. I never worked for Ian. I, yeah, Axel was a, was a good guy. Ian was a hunk of shit. And uh, one of right. the, uh, he got 
He got banned from Kentucky a few months after I left his company, thank God. And uh, he did all that light tube shit and hardcore. And uh, the, the, the night I left, they wanted me to be a part of a King of the Death matches, and they wanted me to take a bump into a tank of piranha. I said, you guys are, are dumb as the fucking day is long. I'm not going to fall in no goddamn tank of piranhas. And then, and then my son showed me a tape the other day. There were, oh, there was a match Lord. in Japan to where a guy took a bump in a tank of piranha. Apparently, Ian got the idea from some show in Japan because that happened about the time he wanted me to do it. And I oh, don't know. I'm not, as a matter of fact, I had to oh, tell Ian. I said, I said, tell Ian this is my last show, and when I do the match, I'm walking out the door, and I'll never be back. And then Danny Davis hired me the next day. I had an I had an exit strategy. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. No, uh, Bill, yeah, have you ever, Bill, have you ever took a bump into a Bill? Have you ever took a bump into a tank of piranha? I've never took a bump into a thing of water in my life. Well, anyway, I've never well, landed a piranha <laughs> in it or mermaid. Well, that's not true. You said you took a bump in water for Billy. Uh, for uh, Billy, uh, uh, what was his name? Uh, we were talking about him earlier. Oh yeah, off the top, right yeah, but the, we were we were swimming. We wasn't taking bump bumps. We were just that, that was that was not filmed for television. I take it. I got no. It. That was nothing. Nothing but stupidity <laughs> was going on there. <laughs> well, if I um, told you all the stupidity that me and Cornette were involved in, oh my God, lots Bill, of stupidity. Were you were you there for the original concession stand brawl? Yeah. Talk to us about the history of that. If you would, There's no history. That just happened. Nobody come up with it. Nobody did nothing. Tupelo was a unique town. The building would get hotter than hell in the summertime. It, I mean, it would get 300 degrees. It was unbelievably hot in that old tin roof building. And fighting from the ring to the back happened every Friday. There was nothing different about it. So we're Lawler and me and this one and we're tag match and we get to the back and the heels are pounding on us. It's fuck this. We're jumping over in the concession stand. So we jump over in the concession stand. I'll be a son of a bitch. They jump over too. So once they get there, you got to fight. So that's how it started. <laughs> Nobody came up with, well, let's get in the concession stand. Let's do this. Let's do that. It just happened. Yeah. So you, you, if you see the tape, you'll see Eddie Marlin and old Her- Herman Sheffield, who was the guy that owned the concession stand, Yelling at us to get out of the damn concession stand, and we were fighting and going on like goofs. And anyway, and we, Jerry, we, Jarrett, that, that's how that started. Bed drew a lot of money. Wasn't Jerry Jarrett in that as well? Wasn't he kind of in the middle of that, trying to break it up? Yeah, he he came down to stop it. Yeah, and, and, and he came over and ripped his shirt off, pulled his trousers off, and all kind. Of, yeah, yeah, he got <laughs> yeah, in the middle. He sure of it. did. Yeah, um, uh, tore all his clothes what, what, off. What, what, what is the one line from Lance Russell that you remember from the concession stand brawl? Me and Cornette have a line that we will never forget that Lance said during the concession stand brawl. And I'm sure you've seen it as many times as we have. Do you remember the famous line that Lance Russell said during the, during the brawl? No. Mustard everywhere. <laughs> one of you threw a jar of mustard at somebody. <laughs> and yeah. mustard goes place. Lance Russell goes mustard everywhere, and me and Cornette that just stuck with us, and we would always talk that, about mustard everywhere in the Tupelo concession stand brawl. That that was the thing that actually started the brawl. 
We, was it me or Lawler, right? It was, uh, one of us picked up the thing and threw it at Cornet. He ducked it, he moved, and it hit the wall, and it broke and mustered all over the place. But, so what yeah. I never really had, but so that's what Lance said, mustered everywhere or whatever. Yeah, mustered everywhere. And Lance was there because he took the camera crew down to yeah. film the fight. They brought the camera crew down. We got a hell of a fight going on here, is what Lance said. That's what he said. And yeah, then, yeah. And he, so he's calling he's calling live in Tupelo, which I don't think Lance went to Tupelo very often. But he was there. No, but that we night. started doing a sh- the show there to play it back in Tupelo every Saturday morning. So we were trying to do oh, something okay. different. So that's yeah, how Lance, okay. Lance was there every Friday for a while, and we was showing it back in Tupelo. And that right. we, when we threw the mustard, and it going, but I never really paid attention to what he said, but that's quite funny. Yeah, oh, yeah. Mustard everywhere. Mustard <laughs> everywhere. And we got a hell of yeah. a fight going on. And, and I can't remember who threw the mustard. I don't remember if it was Lawler or Dundee, but one of them threw the mustard, and that shit splattered on the wall, and just mustard just flew every goddamn where. Yeah. Lance Russell oh, the, with the, the great line. Mustard everywhere. <laughs> How many masks <laughs> yeah, right. that said in it? <laughs> I'm surprised Bill. That was a hell of a little building there. It was, would hold about 800 people, and we usually got that every Friday night. It was jam-packed. I do remember that. I didn't oh, jammed to the rafters. I never got to go yeah. to Tupelo. That was one of the towns I never did. I did Evansville, Memphis, Lexington, Louisville. Uh, Elvis Presley's hometown. Yeah, yeah, Tupelo. That is Elvis's hometown. I forgot about that. Hell yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, Bill and Kenny, how much more of a star would have uh, Brewster Brody been if we he still would have been with us? That would have never happened. Say that again, Bill. how much of a star sure, would have yeah, Bruiser Brody been had that never happened in Puerto Rico? Oh, Vince would have used him in the right way. I mean, they would have made him a killer and a giant like he was. He would, he would, he would have got over all over the place. I mean, Brody could work, and he was big and strong on top of that. So, and he, he had balls. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, he would have got over. Very intimidating. That's uh, what Kenny, the guy in Puerto Rico. That that's why he went and got that knife. The what? Yeah. Oh, sorry about that, Bill. Go ahead. Yeah. No, somebody about said what that. I just said, what did what, you say? What did Dutch man tell in the building that night when Bruiser got killed? I think so. Uh, yeah, he was supposed yeah, to be in yeah, the Yeah, Dutch was, Tony Atlas. Um, oh, my, I didn't know Tony. I'm trying, I didn't trying know to remember who there. all was. Yeah, well, Tony, Tony, was, Tony was the one actual witness, and... He and on this on the uh, dark side of the ring, he claims that um, the uh, um, summons for him to appear in court came after the trial. No, really. There are other people say, that say no. He, yeah, exactly. There are other people that are saying no. That's BS. That uh, it sounds like a, he sounds just like a Donald uh, didn't Trump go back because he didn't want to get black. Yeah, because he didn't want to get blackballed in the business, and he was afraid that mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Jose would uh, do it to him if he did come back and say something. That, that's not good. So, yeah, so. that was. No, I, right, I went one you, time you know, to Puerto Rico. I, it was nice, but yeah. I never went Go, back yeah. after the first trip. 
It, it could be a very rough place yeah. from what I heard. I heard that that was the king of uh, batteries and acid if you weren't careful. Yeah, that would do that too, yeah. But just, just the wrestling office was all in a click. Yeah. You know, when two or three Americans yeah. go yeah. over there, the rest are all Puerto Ricans, and the fucking people buying tickets are Puerto Ricans. Right. So there's not right. much love nowhere. Right. <laughs> not a, not mm-hmm. a lot. And and uh, Dutch Mantel booked over yeah. there quite often, didn't he? Yeah, Dutch liked it over there. They liked Dutch, but he was always the booker, so they, he was in a different spot. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, I can understand Kenny, that. Tell us that right. other uh, limo story. Oh, the limo story. Oh, a Cornet's tiny bladder. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> yeah. Cornet. Got, Cornet Cornette got the shit seat on the limo ride. I wanted to sit by the door because I wasn't sure how good the air conditioning was going to work. And it was kind of a warm, I think, November day, if I remember correctly. And uh, so I wanted to sit by the window. So I made Cornette sit facing the he, – he sat with his back to the driver's bill. And Jimmy hated to do that shit. He wanted to be on yeah. the door. Well, the attorney that provided the limo had one door. And I don't care what Jimmy says to anybody. He's never whipped my ass and never could. So he wasn't going to move me off the door. So he had to sit facing uh, backwards the whole trip, and it fucks with him. He he doesn't like to do that. On top of that, he gets claustrophobic, which I did not know. He gets claustrophobia real bad. So between between eight of us being in a six-person limo and Jimmy sitting backwards, he's getting no air. And he's got no bladder, and, and he's making the goddamn limo driver pull over about every 20 to 30 minutes so he can piss. And on top of that, he would use the piss excuse because he was claustrophobic and wanted to get out and breathe. And he kept begging me to give him the window and the door, and I wouldn't do it. I said, no, you ain't getting the goddamn door. My limo, my shit limo, I'll sit by the shit door and the shit window. So I know it must have took us it must have took us eight hours to get to goddamn Jackson, Tennessee, because Jimmy had to pull over every twenty or thirty minutes, and then he pulled the same shit going back. So I told the driver, I said, "Hey, Jimmy pisses in Jackson. He doesn't piss again till we get to fucking Louisville." I said, "He gets one fucking piss, so we ain't taking all goddamn day to get back." So we made Jimmy sit in the limo, and he goddamn near pissed himself. And he swore Good. to me he'd never go on a he swore to me he'd never go on a trip with me again in a limo unless he was driving. He said, If I'm driving, you can go. Otherwise I ain't fucking going. I said, Well good well, I, because you're in the fucking limo, I ain't going either. It was the most miserable goddamn trip I ever had in my life. It's the closest I ever come to killing Jimmy in my life. I probably should have, I'd have done the world a goddamn favor. <laughs> yep. And Yo. and I'll tell you right now. Kenny, and Kenny I know came Bill's home. Traveled up and down he took the road about a twenty-minute nap. He's to have a story. Well, Kenny, Kenny, okay, Billy, Kenny, Kenny came home. He took about a twenty-minute nap, and then he called and griped at me for about two hours <laughs> about that limo ride. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> did I? I I, I, listened, I, I remember listened I was to Kenny pissed. gripe about Jim Cornette for two hours. <laughs> and that wasn't even a show. Yeah, that you. wasn't even a show. I just happened to, to I, I don't know if Sean called me or I called him, but I hated that trip so goddamn bad. No, Other no. than watching you do a spit take of Terry Funk and Lawler. 
Yeah. Well, me, me and Jimmy actually did a uh, show about the miserable limo ride. And then Lawler and Dundee making fun of the limo while we were there. And wanting to have yeah. it towed because it was bringing down the property value. Yeah. Park it in the back of the damn Louisville Garden. I'm, I'm, shocked, I'm, shocked, I'm shocked that Bill didn't have it towed because Cornette paid him to do it so he wouldn't have to ride back in the limo. Yeah. I hear you. Well, we want to thank you guys for uh, tonight. Uh yeah. Well, thank as hell. How much are we getting paid? Uh, you all told me five hundred dollars <laughs> each. Are we still getting that? Well, we send you the bill, right? <laughs> you're getting, you're getting, you're getting, getting button, well, I, belly I, I button lint. You're I, getting belly button lint and pocket lint. Well, and I don't know button. if I'm ahead of Bill Dundee on this or not, but you all can PayPal me at Kenny Bolin at MSN dot com. <laughs> you can PayPal me my five hundred dollars. And wooden nickels. Yeah, and you know what? I'm gonna put Bill over. Bill's a bigger star than I am. You pay him a thousand dollars, goddammit. Yeah, wooden (laughs) nickels. Yeah, I got you. (laughs) No, I I have enjoyed it, folks. I had a good time. It was actually a Uh huge honor to get to do a show with Bill. It's the first one we've ever done. The star maker and the superstar on the same show, and I had a ball. Thank you, Kenny, for joining us. I'm trying to think of whoever walked up to me and said, Kenny Bolin made me a star. I'm trying to think of anybody who's ever walked up to me and said that. (laughs) Well, those those assholes won't admit it because they know I want some of the money. They're never going to admit that to you. John Cena, Mark Henry, Brock Lesnar, Randy Orton, those chicken chips won't tell you that because they know I will want my cut. That's why they won't tell you. <laughs> the star maker. All right. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if the star maker had managed the superstar? How about that? Ooh, mercy! You would have probably be dead by now. <laughs> probably were. And the reason, and the reason I'd have been dead because Bill Dundee would have killed me on the first road trip. Right there, dead. you go. <laughs> Just open the door and let you roll out. I don't know. Going I don't, down I'm the highway. If if Dundee put up with Cornette for as many years as he did, I might have had a fighting chance. I don't know. But I never had to ride with him. I just saw him in the dressing room and my son-in-law and Dennis oh, Connery oh, rode no with him. no wonder. No wonder you made it. If you had a rode with him, you'd uh, kill him, I promise you. you yeah, we never rode in those towns together. It was kayfabe back in them days, and with Bill Watts, you well, certainly right, had the yeah. kayfabe. Yeah, fuck. You know, I forgot about that. You used to get fired for breaking kayfabe back then. I forgot oh, yeah. about that. Well, Danny Davis so enforced you... that too. Yeah, Danny Davis enforced that. Yeah, he was. He if everybody in the wrestling business had enforced that, it would have still been in good shape like it was. But the, the boys, they, they just did all kind. They went at night together for Christ's sake. Yeah. But yeah. what can you do uh, with you know that exchange? Exactly. I mean. I'm, Bill, I remember the Freebirds did not last long in the Louisville, Memphis territory. Uh, do you recall what the reason for that was? <laughs> was you ever around, around them and, and on the street? I was not. They, they <laughs> did everything God. bad to your body known to man. If it could oh be drank, God. they drank it. If it could be smoked, they smoked it. If it could be chewed, they chewed it. So they were... <laughs> I, they I were kind of sometimes hard to be around, and I liked them all personally. Hayes was funny. Yeah. Terry Gordy was, and what was the other one they brought in? There was three uh, for a Mike, while. Michael Hayes. Michael, Michael Hayes. No, 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 Michael Jimmy Hayes, Garvin. Terry Gordy. 
Yeah, Terry. Uh, Terry Gordy were the first two. And, and Jimmy well, Garvin. Garvin event, right. Yeah, was, Jimmy Garvin. Well, right. Well, Jimmy was actually Jimmy was actually actually the actually the fourth when uh, um, uh, Buddy Roberts left. Yeah, Buddy Roberts. That's yeah, I the one I was trying to think. Roberts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 yeah. Remember I worked with his kid a while back here in Chicago. Well, they they were entertaining as fuck. I'll tell you that. They oh, they were very entertaining. They were all entertaining guys in real life. <laughs> well, Michael Hayes still thinks he's a free bird. He he has never let that gimmick go. <laughs> I, guarantee I hear you. you. I guarantee you. I guarantee you, it killed him when they made him go by Doc Hendricks when he was in WWE. He always wanted to be Michael T.S.A. Yeah. Yeah. And he was good at it. Well, that was, I mean, Doc Hendricks well, he, he was, was stupid anyway. <laughs> well, I didn't say that. I mean. <laughs> I just came uh, out here to bury oh, Cornell. I, I was to bury Michael Hayes. Well, it's not, I, I'm Poor not burying Hayes. I'm burying Vince. <laughs> Poor Jimmy. I'm burying Vince, Jimmy. and I will bury Vince forever. You know what? what you know? One more thing before I go. What, if, and if Bill Dundee knows this answer, if, if anyone knows it's Bill Dundee, who's been fired from more companies than Jimmy Cornette? Oh, I have no earthly idea. I mean, back I don't when know. I was doing this, Boy. people wasn't wanting to get fired. So I mean I I I I don't and I don't after I got done booking Jamie I don't know where he went so I don't know what happened to Cornette after that but we oh, I God. drew a lot of money with him here and in Louisiana and whatever else we went yeah. so I got if nothing I, but good things to say about Jimmy Cornette as far as getting heat on him and drawing money. Yeah, if I named every town Jimmy Cornette had been fired from, I'd have to do another hour show. So I'll just leave it alone for now. <laughs> well, I mean, the companies are towns. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, well, they're both quite expensive. <laughs> I hear you. Fact, I hear you. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, I got booked in Canada about a week or two ago, and I said, "Well, I'm going to do something that Jim Cornette can never do: is cross the Canadian border." Why not? Yeah, well, that's Jimmy right. got banned from Canada. Jimmy got banned from Canada years ago. He's he's even been fired from Canada. I didn't I didn't even know you could. Well, we won't okay. get into why. There's there's, there's only there's only there's only a few things that'll make it so you can't come over our border, and even marijuana mm-hmm. charges are being are being expunged. So well, um, unless I'm, it's I'm something like cocaine or gun, I, then I I'm can't understand why. To, I'm not going to be the one to tell you why. That's uh, okay. they just. Was, Let's put it this way. Jimmy can't come to Canada. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> no, that's fucked up. Is it because the government Canada, says right? so or because the wrestling people say so? Because the government says so. <laughs> oh, I don't think Cornette has enough balls to do anything to get the government mad at him. I'm just not buying that he, story he, at he, all. He, 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 he did that night, and Jimmy told me why he can't go. So, But we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> I don't hate him. Oh. I don't hate him. He didn't make a pass at one of the guards on the border, did he? Well, he fucked him. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you knocking, brother. I hear you knocking. <laughs> and the guards didn't like it a bit. I will tell you that. So that's, that's all I'm I saying. I hear about you. It. Uh, Jill, like do you bit. have any events coming up uh, that you're promoting? Uh, events. Where the hell? 
Oh, there it is. There, Dundee. It's right on your desk there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. On this December the 7th, I'm in Jackson, Tennessee. That's the day before my birthday and three days after mine, I think. My on December the, the 14th, I'm in Knoxville, Tennessee. And on December the 21st, I'm in Bedford, Indiana. That's all I have for December right now. That's not real. That's not real far from me. I might have to venture up and see Bill on that show. What's the date of that one well, again, Bill? The twenty-first of December, Bedford, Indiana. Not that far from me. Four days from Christmas. I'll come up here and give Bill Dundee a big Christmas gift that day. Hell yeah! Just come on up here, brother. We'll drink a beer if nothing else. Hell yeah, we will be. Uh, and oh, and uh, my promotion. Uh, December the 5th, the Bowling Alley returns for its season 16 premiere, and my guest will be none other than Anthony Scaramucci, the former White House speaker who now what hates time? Donald Trump worse than I do. What time? <laughs> 4 p.m. special day, 4 p.m. Oh. special daytime start to, to accommodate Scaramucci's schedule. Oh, right on. Is that the we're, we're, yeah, we're on it for December? The December the 5th. I don't yeah, I don't know two days after my birthday. Because Bill, Bill's got a show December the 7th, so listen to my show, and then two days later, go see Bill. Yeah, well, now it's Jackson. The, well, listen, the, the listen, one to the Kenny, listen to Kenny in the afternoon. Right. Well, listen to Kenny yeah. in the and afternoon. Listen to us that night, because we will have Supermax Sean Hernandez with us. So Who? you can make... You can make <laughs> Sean Hernandez, Super Supermax from uh, Supermax uh-huh. from uh, TNA. He was I, I part of the original I uh, I, grouping of LAX. I know who he is. I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> so, um, and then uh, we'll all be back here tomorrow night at uh, ten nine Central for uh, live from the Dean's Den, aren't you, and we will. Uh, me, aren't you bringing me back tomorrow night? And why are you bringing me back? To talk about Cornette getting well, fired from the NWA. I'll talk about that. What's right. Fuck? I don't care. What's he going to do? <laughs> whip my ass? Fired from I had a great show. He got fired <laughs> from the NWA. Uh, uh, well, here's something Bill probably don't know. I the NWA made a comeback, Bill. The NWA films television shows down in Atlanta, Georgia. And if you ask me what TV station they air on, I have to say, well, Bill, they don't. They air on YouTube. Like my show, <laughs> they air on YouTube, and apparently okay. the owner of the sm- the owner of the Smashing Pumpkins hired Jimmy, but Jimmy said some racist shit on his show one week and Aww. talked bad about a guy committing suicide the week before. So two weeks yeah. in a row of that shit, a fan complaints and they fired Jimmy. But but I think they got it written up as Jimmy resigned. Jimmy resigned. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's well, how you see And he's supposed to be doing his show Dundee. tomorrow to talk about it. <laughs> there you go. All right. What What did you say, Bill? They cut you off. His rude ass fucking host won't shut up. What did Tell you him say? Tell him you fired Cornette, but you know a real nice friends. guy. He's been in the wrestling business for 50 years. Bill Dundee, you need to hire him. Well, I'll pass it on after I get my job. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> no, they ain't going to hire me. I'll promise you that. I talk too much. Uh, well, we want to thank well, Bill Dundee. Hey, your, hey, your old friend thank... Idol Stevens is on there. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Idol's down there. I chat with him every now and then. 
We want to thank yeah. Kenny the Star Maker Bolin and Bill Dundee for joining us here tonight. It's been a great show. Uh, hope to talk to them both soon again. Well, well, we kept the we kept the host out of it. I think that made it a great show. <laughs> uh, dog. <laughs> well, gentlemen and ladies, I had a good time. So anytime you want to do it again, you got my number. Just call. All right, thank you very much, you. Bill. You got it, Bill. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you, Thanks Bill. for coming out, Bill. All right, thank y'all. Bill, I've been on this show a hundred times, and the reason I came on tonight because I knew you were on, and I knew it would be a blast. And thank you for well, letting me be you, a brother. part of it. Appreciate it. All, All right, right as Elvis would say, thank All you, right, thank brother. you very much. Thank you very much. All right, guys, thank <laughs> you, ladies. Y'all take care. We'll see you. You too, Bill. Bye. Have a happy you Thanksgiving. Too. You too, Bill. Uh-oh. All right, is Bill is Bill gone? Is Bill still with us? No, he's gone. Uh, Bill's gone. Well, now that yeah. we got that dead weight off the show, let's pump this show up a little bit, huh? <laughs> <laughs> now, nah, Bill was fun, man. Bill was fun. I really enjoyed ha- being on with him, man. He's a cool guy. Yeah, that was yep. a he lot buried, of fun. He, he, buried, he, buried, he buried my ass the whole show, but it was still <laughs> fun to do the show with him. <laughs> uh why have I never? Why have I well, never hey, heard you kidding? Somebody here recently. Hey, hey, hey! Somebody, somebody had to bury him eventually, Kenny. I mean, hey, it why not? Why not? Why not one of the best? Why not? Yep. Well, it's like I've always, it's like I've always, it's like I've always told everybody: you got to know who you're working with, you got to respect who you're working with, and you got to know who to put over and who not to. I've never done a bit with Jerry Lawler to where I tried to bury Lawler. Uh, I knew my place, and my place was to put Jerry over. Now, there's little co-hosts that come on my show sometimes that think they're big fucking deals, and I put them in their place and let them know who the fuck's boss. I, and, and whether I can do that to Jerry Lawler or Bill Dundee doesn't matter. It's called, the, it's called the Guy Coffee rule. Guy Coffee didn't know a third about wrestling as much as I did. He wasn't one-fiftieth as entertaining as I was, but he had been in and around the business for fucking ever, and you show respect to those that have been around. And Bill Dundee's one of those guys you show respect to. Jerry Lawler's one of those, even though Jerry and I don't really speak right now because he hates my rants on Donald Trump. Well, there's a lot of people hate my rants on Donald Trump, and you can either take it or like it. It don't matter to me, but uh, that's just my feelings. Mm-hmm. I don't hide shit from anybody. And, uh, and I, I, I hope I gave Bill enough for the show, but it was such a thrill to interact with him being basically a childhood hero, wrestling my childhood hero back in the 1975 on, and I'd known Lawler since 74, uh, this was a real treat for me tonight, and I was very honored to be a part of it. It's made me feel really old. Yeah, it, well, he called me he called me a young guy. I'm 55 no, years no. old. No, I'm, 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 I'm born in 73. You met Lawler yeah, in 74. Th- my birthday's, on the, my birthday's on the 3rd. I'm going to be 46. Now, wait a minute. You were born in 73. Really you 73. were born in 73. I met Lawler in 74. Uh, Lawler yeah. probably hit on you about two years later. Probably. <laughs> I was waiting for the laugh yeah, on that about, one. I was waiting for the right. laugh. <laughs> damn, was it. Hey, where, where's the fucking laugh track on this show? God damn. Oh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, the sad, the sad thing I is, just, though, Kenny, it's right. Just, yeah, go ahead. It's it's true. <laughs> it's well, true. It's I mean, like, my gosh, like, you know, 
it's like <coughs> Dundee said when when Funk called Lawler a pervert. Dundee Torres said, "It's a shoot, He's shooting on him." <laughs> Hey, I mean, you know, I've, I've heard, I've heard, I've heard Lawler's been banned from about uh, 300 elementary schools in the country because he's been looking <laughs> for his next wife. So, <laughs> <laughs> poor king, poor king. Hey, I get accused of the same shit. Uh, my girlfriend turns 28. My girlfriend turns 28 in January. That that is if she's still my girlfriend after the says- you never know with her. I have I have a yeah, daughter who's twenty I have a daughter who's twenty nine. Wow. Well, she's too old for me. She's too old for me. You never have to worry about me hitting on her. Old bag. Yeah. yeah. Oh. I really? Oh my god. I didn't know you had a twenty nine yeah. year old daughter. I'd probably and, come to see you if I'd known that. And my grandson's almost sex. Oh. Your grandson has almost sex. Really? <laughs> okay, that's not funny. Oh God. Oh, <laughs> uh, Kenny! I so, just repeated uh, what I thought I heard. I just repeated. Do you what have I any new I merchandise coming out for the holiday season? Uh, any you know what? I don't. I don't. I don't have any new merchandise, but I do have a few sets of the Monster In Tunes that I sell. That I did this whole show on them. I, I, I didn't use my studio mics tonight because the link you all sent me wouldn't work. I couldn't click in on my computer. So I uh, dialed you in on my iPhone 10, 10R or 10S, whatever this fucking thing is. 10R, I think. So it's a new. It's a new. I, I didn't get the iPhone 11. I didn't go that high. I got the iPhone 10. And uh, I used my Monster Intunes. They got a built-in microphone. Do I sound good? Do I sound all right? Oh yeah, you sounded perfect all night. Yeah, you sound okay, great. Okay, well that, that that well that's a set of Monster Intunes. They list for two hundred dollars. I sell them for seventy nine ninety five plus tax, and they come with a built-in microphone. Plug them into your phone, and you can sound as good on a podcast as me if you had as great a voice as me. And you'd even look as good on a podcast if you had as pretty a face as me as I have since uh, I've lost all the weight and basically I'm a borderline fashion model these days. Why is anybody laughing? Jenny, you never failed to disappoint. Why is anybody <laughs> laughing? I was not telling a joke. But no, well, these but, are great to do pod- these are great to do podcasts yeah. with, man. They really are. Uh, have you gone to oh, QW oh, lately? Oh, and your giant oh, oh hang, now hang on, hang on. I forgot to plug the rest of my shit. I got about ten of my books left. I probably screwed you too. Once I move to the Philippines, if indeed I do go through with it and actually go to the Philippines. Uh, I uh, have about 10 books left to sell, and uh, so anybody who wants my book that's been out for four fucking years now, I probably screwed you too. And I've got a few bowling club hoodies left. I've got one 3X, one 2X, a women's large, probably a medium would work as well, and i got a men's large. So i got about four bowling club hoodies left. One of them is a, a, a medium that's got the red bowling club logos on the front and back. And I've got several T-shirts left, the bowling club shirts. Not a lot, but i got a few. So if you have an interest in any of the bowling club shirts, the bowling club hoodies, uh, they range. And the headphones uh, sell for 79 The hoodies, <clears throat> they listed for 69 I'm dropping those to 49 just to get rid of the last four I got. And T-shirts are twenty five ninety nine shipped, any size. Except you can't be bad, okay? Like okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't like little things. 
Yeah. I'm, I'm like my girlfriend. Right. I'm like my girlfriend. And I don't like I don't like little things. Never mind. <laughs> well, if she likes Never little things, if, if she likes little things, no wonder why she's with you. But on. Never mind. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you set yourself up for that one, Kenny. <laughs> now that now that's how you don't laugh at something that ain't funny. That's how you do it right there. Uh, All right, are we done with man. this fucking show? Uh, can I go? Can yeah, I go yeah, but, uh, can I go but that's it. Uh, yeah, yeah, can't, yeah. Uh, find find him at uh, Star Maker Bowling on Twitter. Uh, Kenny Kenny Star Maker Bowling on Facebook, and uh, yeah, you know, hit him up. Well, actually, 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 it's actually, back, no, actually, it's, not, it's, it's, actually it's backslash Star Maker Bowling on Facebook. Okay, there you go. Yeah. All right. There you go. So we will be on we're, tomorrow we're night. Out. So and, and, and I'm and I'm Star Maker Bowling on Instagram for anybody who wants to go see that shit. Oh, we'll be I on you're on there. Night. Okay, so now I got it. Now I got it. Yeah, well, we'll I'll be on uh, tomorrow night. Ten I'll night be central. on tomorrow night. I'll be on tomorrow night. What time you want me on? Ten o'clock. Nine central. Yeah. I'll be on yep. tomorrow night if you PayPal me my five hundred dollars and I want Bill Dundee's thousand dollars too, so I can drive down and give it to him, like a good man. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want I hey, want to hey, hand Bill his money like I, like I, like I used it. to tell the collection agents, like I used to tell the collection agents before I uh, found bankruptcy. Uh, the checks in the right. mail. <laughs> Checks in the mail. So, all right, I'll keep looking. I'll keep looking, then. I'll keep looking. I know it'll be here eventually. Yep. Or, or you could just yeah. PayPal it to me. Oh. Any of the fans that want to give me money or buy my shit, you can PayPal me at Kenny Bowen at MSN dot com. Absolutely. Yep. All right. Yep. We'll make be up, tomorrow make night. Up, make, oh. make up. Make up the fifteen hundred dollars I lost tonight. <laughs> Oh, we God. will uh, talk all, all right. the wrestling well, news, including AEW, the NWA, and much more tomorrow night on a special edition of Friday Night Fury. It'll be Rampage Rants, Friday Night Fury, tomorrow well, night. It's live from the Dean's Dad, but, y'all, hey, whatever. So, we'll be here. Who gives all a right, shit? I'll see y'all tomorrow. Katie, I tell everybody what time day. it is. It's not a good day. You don't, you know what time it is, folks. Yeah. You know, you don't have to go home, but you sure as hell get stay here, get out, leave before I kick get you out. Get the fuck out. Just get the fuck out. Fuck out. <laughs> get out. Bye.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.